the uniqueness of Spider-Man as a character, the difficulty in adapting him to games, the Uncle Ben storytelling trope, an overview of more Spidey games than you can shake a web cartridge at, choosing between Toby, Andrew, and Tom, and asking what really is retro anyway. I'm the Well-Read Mage, and this is MageCast. One of the most celebrated icons of American literature swings into this episode. We're talking broadly about Spider-Man retro games from 1982 to, well, that's kind of at the heart of the question. With me is video game voice actor and former streamer, Vox Geyser, who has arrived haler and heartier than his last appearance, rested up and ready to deliver some delicious takes on everyone's favorite webhead. Be ye not dismayed, my friends. While we're taking a wider view on the history of Spider-Man and gaming, we'll still find the time for the microcosmic to dissect the most delicate of elements apart in our discussion. We hope Stan would approve. Magecast is the podcast for the lonely, for those who miss the simple pleasure of a shared dialogue. Magecast is the podcast for conversationalists in a world where we've already stopped listening to each other. As ever, you can help to support Magecast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pixels where episodes are offered in early access before going live for public. You can learn more at thepixels.com, that's the-pixels.com, or find me on Twitter and Twitch at the Well Read Mage. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of MageCast. I'm your host, the Well Read Mage, aka Moses Norton. How the heck are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for web slinging on in here. A little bit of a spoiler there. But we're <laughs> going to be uh, talking about Spider Man today. Um, which Spider Man? Yes. And with me is. Vox Geyser, not Vox Jizzer. Vox Geyser, if you remember that <laughs> joke from the previous appearance. So now here's the deal. Vox was with us uh, when we sat down and talked with uh, both Vox and Nitroid for oh, the – um, right, Yeah, Nitroid. Shout out to Nitroid. Uh, when we sat down and talked about Metal Gear Solid 2, the poor guy was sick as a horse. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we were streaming or when we were podcasting that last time. So I had to have him back on, I had to really just sit with him and, and partake of his, his voice, his wisdom, <laughs> all that Vox goodness. So Vox, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me again. It is a pleasure to be back. Hello, true believers. I hope you all are having <laughs> a fantastic day. <laughs> Excelsior. Can you I do a, a Stanley impression? I can try. Ex okay, we'll get there. Oh, okay. ooh, ooh. are you gonna um, throw it down now? I almost did, but you can tease. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's gonna be a moment. There'll probably be a moment where it's like perfect. Probably. Uh, just yeah. He says like, and you're a voice actor, right? So you you know how mm -hmm. to do this stuff. Uh, I feel like voice acting is like quasi impressions, but not just that. Like, yeah, doing voices, but having that sincerity is there. I don't know. Tell us a little bit more about your voice acting experience. Uh, well, my first uh, my first voice acting experience was a mess, to put it diplomatically. Um, <laughs> it was actually this little job that I got for the Elder Scrolls Online community, and they had a really cool idea, which was to go through the game, uh, grab all the books, and then actually put voices and sound effects and music and stuff to it. But it uh, didn't go quite so smoothly. I didn't quite know what I was doing. 
you know, still very early. This is like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. But uh, more recently, I've been doing voice work for video games. Um, the first one was The Chameleon by Merlino Games. And right now, the one that um, we're doing work on is Undetected, which is affectionately referred to as Mexican Gear Solid, also by Merlino Games. So if you like Metal Gear. And I'm voicing the guards in that, plus uh, a few surprises. Oh, a few surprises. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's tantalizing. That definitely makes me want to play that. When is I'll that releasing that. again? Do we have um, deets on that? Right now, uh, projected for about six months. So sometime, okay. what, September? That's that's yeah, what like that. that's what we're looking at right now. Okay. Um, last I knew, most of it was done. Just working on finishing up levels, bosses, and voice work. Nice. So, can you give us a little bit of a like a taste, like maybe not a line, because I don't want to get you in. I don't want to get you in like plagiarism trouble <laughs> or like breach of contract or whatever you call it. But can you give us like a taste of like one of the voices that you did or something like that? I mean, I know. And here's the other thing, folks. Okay. Vox, <laughs> he's sitting on the floor <laughs> recording this right now. Yeah. Yeah, because you just moved. So, like, you don't have a desk, you don't have a table we're, on the floor. Yeah, we're, we're running on the rug tonight. And wow. so if you hear me shifting around or anything like that, that's all it is. I'm not fighting <laughs> off intruders or anything like that. <laughs> so all that to say, if you can't, like... I understand if you're like, I, I don't really, I'm not going to drop a voice right now. Cause I'm on the friggin' floor. I get it. No, uh, let's see. I could, I could probably tease the, uh, the secret, the secret character that I'm going to be playing with one oh, of these okay. lines. Cause it's similar to the other ones. Uh, what's that smell? <laughs> that's it that's wonderful <laughs> what's that no, that's great yep. so you're playing luigi the secret unlockable character yes in the game obviously of course uh, folks look out for undetected gonna be coming uh hopefully in september then hopefully i'm definitely in september, gonna check that yeah. out uh looks great well moving on here mage yes. cast episode 74 entitled games on consoles deader than uncle ben <laughs> which is a title that descends to us from our good friend alfonso deegan thanks very much for that one sir you know i have for for those of you listening at home i actually have a list of the notes of things that's in the list you have any idea how hard it is to sit here and not laugh at that while he's talking <laughs> i laugh all the time on this show so that's what you gotta do but yeah when i saw that and there were the the difficult thing is you can only have one title per episode i actually yeah. tried this once i was like i love all these titles so we're gonna smash them together that's stupid <laughs> seo was like what are you doing oh, so that, yeah SEO. you can't do that you yeah, can't upset no. seo no it will bite so you. you pick one but it doesn't mean that all the other ones weren't great they were great suggestions sensational even sensational spectacular spectacular. (laughs) amazing even how many how many like tack on words did spider-man have Uh, over the years i think it was i think it was only those three i could be wrong i mean if if you want to count ultimate but oh yeah ultimate was ultimate was more of a a line of comics not necessarily you know like sensational, like, amazing, or spectacular, right. or the uncanny X Men, or yeah, 
Like you couldn't picture somebody on the streets of New York being like, "Look, it's the ultimate Spider-Man." As he swings by, you, know? you can tell like, because yeah. he's skinnier than the other ones and shorter, <laughs> and shorter. The ultimate. <laughs> oh, right, because he's, he's like yeah, he's like sixteen. Physique. Yeah, he's like sixteen, seventeen. I think in Ultimate. <laughs> Man, I haven't read those That's in hilarious. years. They're good. You should read them. Oh, I mean, so I haven't read Spider-Man for years. Uh, I mean, this is a different style of episode, folks. Um, something that I'm, I'm really not typically open to because so like what sometimes I think, well, like what is Magecast about? You know, like in, the, in three in the morning as I'm lying on the floor in a pool of tears <laughs> curled up in a fetal position. <laughs> what is Magecast about? It's about taking a specific element out of gaming history and examining its intrinsic qualities and its immediate context. Cause I think intrinsic qualities are important. It's not all subjective. I'm sorry if that upsets you. Uh-oh. We'll listen to another podcast. Uh, oh! And, uh, Oh, <laughs> that was one of, that was like a punching sound effect from undetected right there. That's <laughs> right. Where they got, oh! that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, and then the other bit is immediate context. So one of the things that gets lost in discussion of retro games is immediate context. People will be like, why didn't they just do this? Because maybe they couldn't. Cause these things are running mm-hmm. on a potato in some instances. I mean, you know how technology has advanced. So anyway, they we're talking about Spider-Man retro games starting in 1982 and ending with mm, whatever we'll we out. decide. Yeah, we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> how old is retro. We'll get there. We got a we got a thing, but we're covering games with Spider-Man in the title. OK, so it has to say Spider-Man in the title. Any variation? Spectacular, amazing, ultimate. The ineffable Spider-Man, whatever we <laughs> want to tack on there. Same in here from Fitz Retro, our friend oh, on Fitz. Twitter, who said, Oh, Fitz, uh, the best Spider-Man Fitz. game of all time is still and will always be Marvel versus Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. <laughs> and I feel like with the size of that roster, that's like 98% cheating to say that. <laughs> But he's uh, right. I mean, you love Marvel vs. Capcom 2, don't you? I do. I was actually playing it again a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I was putting together a team. T- typical favorites, you know, Jill Valentine, because of my background with Resident Evil. I love Jill. And the best Spider-Man character ever, Venom. Oh. He needs his own game. Has there never been a, a Venom video game? I mean, um, just solo Venom. Honestly, I'm not sure. That's a good answer. That's a good, that's a safe answer. I mean, there, there are a couple games later we'll get to where, right. where you could play as Venom. And, right. Oh. But it's always like sidekicky type stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, it's actually funny. You know, the, it's a little sidetracked, but that, that job we were talking about, mm-hmm. I walked in with my Venom shirt on and the guy's like, oh man, I love Venom. Oh, that's how you get jobs. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so... Nice. Venom saves lives. <laughs> That's his tagline. We are Venom, and Venom saves lives. <laughs> we are Venom. Yes. We're about to eat your face. <laughs> With his teeth. How does he enunciate? Uh, I love Marvel vs. Capcom 2 also, but I'm yeah. sorry, Fitz. Um, we, uh, we can't cover that one. So it's only for the sake of sanity. It's not every <laughs> game that Spider-Man has appeared in. It's every game that at least says Spider-Man in the title. That's retro. Yep. Okay. A retro, what that is, we'll get to that in a minute. But before that, 
Uh, you mentioned earlier the reading of Spider-Man comics, and I feel like we yeah. would be doing somebody out there a disservice, maybe the memory of no Stan doubt. Lee, if we didn't mention oh, yeah. the source material. I mean, because these are all really adaptations. They're they're taking the character in his universe and putting them into a new interactive format. Mm-hmm. It's interactive in a way beyond reading. I think reading is interactive, but much more re- yeah. interactive in terms of you supplying the drive for those characters. So, you know, like what's your, what's your history with reading Spider-Man? Is that like you know, your prime uh, reading material in the comics verse? Uh, for me, my prime would be pretty much anything Green Lantern. Oh, Honestly, really? Green Lantern is my number one. I'm surprised uh, every time you say that every time <laughs> I know I even, I, you know what? Since we're doing this and I brought up Green Lantern, I want to shock the pants off somebody and tell the world it's because of the movie that I got catapulted into being a Green Lantern super fan. <laughs> it's not. You're kidding. You're kidding. I'm not. No. No, it was actually the movie that sent me into going all the way back to the Golden Age with uh, um, the original Green Lantern when his weakness was wood. His weakness was wood. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Years later, they're like, oh, one of the main Green Lanterns is gay. You'll never get sh- guess which one it was. That wasn't funny, DC. You thought it was. That's not funny. Wow. No, I just I never thought about that. Yeah, it is kind of funny. So there has been multiple Green Lanterns. Uh, There have been Mm -hmm. multiple Green Lanterns. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't have a ton of. Well, barely going to mention Green Lantern here, folks. There are some people chomping at the bits right now who are like, "Okay, you were going to talk about Spider Man." I haven't read a ton of Green Lantern. Read read some of uh, Grant Morrison's stuff. That's uh, some hmm. weird crap. Every time, like, oh, Grant Morrison yeah. wrote this, I'm going to be shocked. This uh, is the David Lynch of comic books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's wrote some <laughs> of my favorite stuff. I mean, um, All-Star Superman, I think, is uh, yeah. is like top three for me. And that's some real weird Superman. Uh, yeah. So read some of that for Green Lantern. Read some of John's for Green Lantern. Bring me the most iconic Green Lantern stuff. Uh, but yeah. I don't Probably. think either of those writers wrote for Spider-Man. Uh, not that I know of. So, I know um, I know Neil Adams did artwork for Marvel, and he did my favorite runs in Green Lantern. Oh, there you go. Well, so. there's a bridge <laughs> over. <laughs> but Stanley, I'm Stanley's baby was kind of always Spider-Man. Seems like yeah. And I feel like probably that in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Well, here's what I was gonna say: is I feel like. I better not say this in in a in a I'll way that's going to upset people. Oh my gosh, upset the people. I feel that's like, what I'm here for. I'm here to. Upset <laughs> that's what you're here for. <laughs> I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat of upsetting the people. Okay. Okay. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like looking over comic book history. I'm not a comic book historian. Not a comic book expert. I've read comic books off and on. I've mm-hmm. looked at some comic book history off and on because I think it's interesting. There is so much that's derivative in comic book history. There's so much that these two companies, the big two, kind of just borrowed from each other back and forth. I mean, they borrowed freaking writers and artists back and forth from each other. And, you know, people like Kirby jumping ship and then going back Mm -hmm. and then all this stuff. So um, they're like, Dark Side, that's a great idea. Wish we could use it. Why don't we call it Thanatos, you know, and. Or Thanos, <laughs> and using the Greek there. Oh, uh, was it Thanos? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, there you go. I, 
So, but I feel like with all of that, I mean, again, like fan fantastic Four. what was it? Not doom patrol challengers of the unknown. I was like, did you really, did you really? But then you look at <laughs> Spider-Man, look at Spider-Man. Here's what I think. Spider-Man special. Look at Spider-Man. I don't, at least that I know of. I mean, there might be like an obscure, somebody's going to be like, yeah, what about bug boy? I, I've never <laughs> heard of bug boy. I'm sorry. But this isn't the Blue Beetle. Leave it at home. No, exactly. And I think Blue Beetle, I don't think Spider-Man ripped off Blue Beetle. Beetle. But I think that Spider-Man is one of the most unique characters in comic book history. He doesn't feel largely derivative. Like, sure, Superman was a reporter and friggin' Spider-Man works at the Daily Bugle instead of the Daily Planet. Fine. But I think that there's a lot of elements about Spider-Man his setting, his rogues gallery, his internal struggles that are distinctly Marvel um, in mm. terms of like, this is a very human character. He goes through a lot of very human struggles, like paying the bills, having yeah. a girlfriend, friggin', you know, taking pictures, like lying to people. That's a, a human <laughs> thing. So yeah, I feel like that relatable. all makes him special. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, who can say that they haven't woken up with an empty pizza box and an old cup noodle sitting on their coffee table at four in the morning. That's specific. But yes, Look, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's, I think he's relatable for the, a lot of those reasons that he's just a very down to earth person when he's not fighting crime, he mm-hmm. lives a more regular life than, you know, I think a, a lot of uh, comic book characters might. You know, like going back to Superman, it's like, oh, yeah, he's doing his his reporter thing. And then he's off fighting some big bad. Spider-Man's over here sweating the water bill at the same time. Right. Right. And I appreciate the way that Spider-Man has been written historically, Mm -hmm. where like he's having a fight against somebody who can friggin throw electricity or has like (laughs) multiple arms or can kill you with like a touch of his poison tail. And he's yeah. just like, crap, did I turn the oven off? <laughs> you know, like, like normal stuff. Oh, the dog peed on the carpet. Mary Jane's <laughs> going to kill me. Stuff like that, that, that just makes the character relatable in a way that I think was a foil, especially early on for DC hmm. characters. Uh, I mean, let's get it out of the way. You like Green Lantern primarily. I'm my favorite hmm. uh, superhero, Superman, as I've mentioned many times on this show. Uh, are we up, just masquerading as we, fake Marvel fans? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Out of all the Marveldom, uh, Spider-Man's it for me. I actually grew up reading more Spider-Man than anybody else. And then as I got older, I started to appreciate uh, more of Batman. And then like, yeah. more recently, like past half decade or so, reading Superman and just being like, this is nothing like a lot of the adaptations of this character, this is like meaningful stuff. Oh yeah. So really enjoying that element. But with Spider-Man, yeah, I feel like, like you're right. Like Superman, mm, who's harder to relate to Superman or Batman? Like nobody can relate to Superman's powers, but (laughs) people can relate to the self-made man of Superman, like an immigrant coming and like learning about the world and like, supporting himself through a job like that's that's pretty relatable mm-hmm. batman <laughs> and my parents have never been killed uh god forbid that ever happens i almost said yet yeah that would have been that's terrible sorry mom <laughs> uh and, 
uh, I've never been a billionaire. I probably never will be. Uh, I've never been a playboy. Probably never will be. Uh, I'm married <laughs> now, so that's not going to happen. Uh, you can still pretend. Yeah. I've, I've got multiple children. I guess that's relatable to Batman. Okay, but Batman's got you beat by like eight. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. I've never Batman been... is his own orphanage. <laughs> yeah, I've never been uh, at my at any peak physical prowess. I'm not a martial artist or an encyclopedic mind a detective. So none of that stuff. I don't know. I feel like Batman's not relatable at all. But Spider Man definitely that's relatable. Fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So as we get into this, folks. Uh, Look at the spoilers ahead. Mark, you're stupid. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Spider Man's oh, Peter man. Parker. Spoilers. Uh oh. Oh God, Uncle Ben died again. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, can you sit through another? Okay. Here's where. Here's here's something that's potentially derivative. Before we leave that subject. Mm-hmm. Um. And gosh, darn it, they still do it. So went out today. Uh, lovely walk through a botanical garden. Uh, with my two screaming children. It was just adorable. Always uh, a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Try to sit down so daddy can take a picture of you so I can remember you. Not as you were, but, but as you are. <laughs> and I just like start immediately start wrestling. I'm like, come on. Anyway. Uh, Some days I'm really happy to only have one. Yeah. It's, oh, it's tough. It's, uh, I, my brother's got four and I'm like, how? Oh, how? Bless him. How? Uh, some people have like their own football team. And like, how do you have. Anyway, yeah, anyway, we're kids. way off track. Yes, yes, yes. So I was saying we're coming back. They were like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, they put on on a cell phone uh, Finding Nemo and oh, um, Pixar does this quite a bit. They do the Uncle Ben thing. They do the blowing up of the planet Krypton. They do the shooting yeah. of the parents in the alleyway. That is uh, a startling number of times is this motif, this trope, whatever you want to call it, this premise done in major like iconic stories uh and it's certainly done quite a bit in in pixar it's like hey what if we killed their parents or hey what if we killed your wife or hey what if we killed (laughs) all your siblings and like the finding nemo opens with infanticide for crown go back and watch that's right it does yeah that's true that's true uh, it's it's slightly related ubisoft is really good at it have you played an assassin's creed game lately yeah, I've actually or anything? never played one. No. Far Cry? Uh, oh my god. It's like Far Cry's bad for it. It's like, oh it's Far Cry three. Me and my four friends are going to a tropical island for a vacation. It's gonna be great. Five minutes later, all my friends are dead. <laughs> there you go. It's an easy <laughs> mm, I don't want to know if I should say easy, but it's a it's a compact, concise premise that hey, dealing with loss is tough. But mm. in the case of uh, Superman, who lost an entire planet of people, yeah. an entire civilization. Batman, who obviously lost his parents. And then Spider-Man, who lost his Uncle Ben. That serves as mm-hmm. kind of a catalyst for the growth of their characters. Um, Spider-Man got whiplash from that one. Yeah. I feel like, like it, it's interesting because it was Superman. He was a baby. And then he kind of discovers that as he grows up. Batman, very young, obviously traumatic. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, it's like, hey, your Uncle Ben's dead and it's your fault. And that's yeah. rough. He goes from being like, oh, man, I've got all these cool powers. I'm so awesome. Uh, forget that guy. He's nothing. 
Yeah, that's the same guy that just shot Uncle Ben. Good job. Good job, Spider-Man. A little bit of humble pie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe another reason why Spider-Man's relatable because life will, I mean, when you walk through life, like when I get, re- when now we're getting real, you walk through oh, life gosh. like, yeah, I'm the greatest. Oh, you want my autograph? Check this out. And then life's like wham, bam, boom, scandal. And there was that time Spidey went back for a second, a second piece of humble pie with Gwen Stacy. Ooh. <clears throat> Spoilers. She died. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody Oops. listening to a Spider-Man podcast has got to know about Gwen Stacy. I I would hope so. Yeah, and then there's and the- if not, I'm sorry to surprise you this way. <laughs> right, it was in a dang movie for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, yeah. People are like, why isn't Emma Stone in the? Oh, she died. <laughs> a couple of mage facts here, my friends. The first Spider-Man video game was the 1982 title for Atari by none other than. Parker Brothers, dun, dun, dun. the makers of, I think they made Monopoly. I was going to make a joke here, Something but now like I that. don't know that they made Monopoly. The makers of one of the most boring. <laughs> oh, no, they weren't <laughs> the makers of it. They are the publishers of one of the oh. most boring board games of all time made the first Spider-Man video game. There you go. Uh, the first rated oh. T for teen, the, the first mature rated Spider-Man game was a game called The Most Amount of Murder, Maximum Carnage. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Oh, we'll get, get there. You in a we got, yeah, we got thoughts on you. Uh, the aptly named Spider-Man, N64 and PS1 versions at least, uh, actually included voiceovers by the late, great Stan Lee, who uh, oh. uh, Spider-Man had those superpowers. He says super... <laughs> superpowers and he's spider-man all the time uh love stanley of course i wonder if that i wonder if that was his first uh voice role for any of the games because you know how he always has uh, the cameos in movies a lot of times they had him do uh, cameos in the games yeah that's true uh insomniac was the so here potentially the first voiceover the n64 ps1 versions uh the last Video game appearance that he did, I'm pretty sure, was the Insomniac Marvel Spider-Man. Probably. Yeah. Uh, which is a great scene. I his mm-hmm. <laughs> I joked at the time that his his like two second appearance where you actually see his face was yeah. like more detailed and like more lovingly rendered than almost any other character in that <laughs> game. <laughs> Man, it better be. Yeah. Yeah. He got to look good. Uh, but that's the one game that essentially we're not talking about tonight. I don't know how far we'll get through Spider-Man history, but we are not, just to cover that, we're not talking about Marvel's Spider-Man by Insomniac uh, at all, published in 2018. That is, I don't care who you are, that's not retro. Okay? No, not Please. at this point. No. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> worst hero ever on Twitter said, I love retro gaming, but honestly, in the case of Spider-Man, the Insomniac PS4 game was that much better than other games I'd played before. And we'll, we'll kind of break that down. I think over the course of moving through this list that Spider-Man has not had amazing retro games. Really? Yeah. I was going to say, I think there's a reason to that, a reason for that. And I think we're hinting at it before. Mm -hmm. Um, what I personally think is the technology took a little longer to catch up to someone like Spider-Man for everything he can do. Yes. Yes. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, 
the thing like with say Batman, uh, and we'll get into some Batman Spider-Man <laughs> comparisons here in a minute. But like yeah. Batman drives a car, he can glide and he can like punch people apparently really hard. Spider-Man yep. has a uh, like web he can shoot that is either projectile or shield, a thing that he can swing from, uh, something that he can tie people up into. He mm-hmm. he can crawl on walls, ceilings, background walls. Um, he can jump super high. He can punch, and he's fast, and he's got his spider sense. He's loaded. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got as many superpowers as Superman. He's just he's got a ton of them. So I have to agree. I think that the technology just wasn't there to support all of those abilities. And a lot of early Spider-Man games control like trash because they tried yeah. to do all that. And you just can't. Yeah. He, he's his repertoire is a, a little too full for something that doesn't have a fairly, you know, modern number of buttons. That's it right there. Too. So think of like the game boy or think of like the NES. Ooh. I don't want to. No, do it. <laughs> so, like the NES controller had two action buttons, a start and select button, and then a D-pad. And that's it. Yeah. So how do you design, you know, a character who can do all of these things, with just, especially with just two action buttons? Unless you're asking yeah. people to like hold down, select, push A and B simultaneously and do stuff like that. So every time I go back and play uh, the uh, Return of the Sinister Six, one of my childhood yeah. faves. Uh, I'm like baffled. I'm like, how do I do? How do I shoot like a web cartridge re- reliably? Don't know. Right. Don't know. So I think, yeah, it's definitely a matter of the tech wasn't there to support this character um, in the yeah. early days. I think, um, you know, going, I, we mentioned Final Fight earlier. I think that was before we started recording. But, um, you know, if they had done something with those earlier games, like inputs, because Final Fight 3 uh, and 2, and I think 1 to an extent, you you had like fighting game inputs that you could put in to get special moves. Yeah. It's like that That could have worked, yeah. sort of. Yeah. That would have been an answer. But I mean, that point, probably not the best idea because I remember inputs from Street Fighter 1. They don't work. <laughs> Imagine trying to like pull off a a, a Shoryuken just to throw a web cartridge. <laughs> Man, I've been playing Street Fighter for twenty five years, and that still happens to me. Yeah, well, that's that's not, <laughs> that's not easy peasy stuff. So no. I feel like there's specific instances though where uh, they put Spider Man in in situations and formats in which he didn't have to use all of these navigational powers. Um, so I'm thinking more like the beat em ups, right? You just right. walk in a certain direction. He, he does some punches, some kicks, some jumps, and then he's got, you know, a few special moves maybe, and that's it. So it's not like it's asking you to do all kinds of crazy things, but I feel yeah. like that's a little better than some other potentially more ambitious instances. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Spidey. That's that's one thing I feel like the Spidey games have never been low on. They they've always had plenty of ambition. Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> and sickness and in health. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Bifrost Bridge Studios is the creative architect behind the Gaia's Seed graphic novel universe, blending artificial intelligence, neurodiversity, and science fiction. Bifrost, a transmedia company, has now turned its focus towards Patreon, looking to beef up its crowdfunding campaign through digital and physical rewards, up to and including original custom retro gaming hardware. Bifrost has been a real boss supporting and sponsoring the Wednesday giveaways that I do weekly on stream at twitch.tv forward slash the mage. If you're looking for more of that sweet, sweet gold, check out patreon.com forward slash Bifrost Bridge Studios. Link in the description. What is, uh, what is retro though? So, you know, if we're going to talk about retro games... Where do you personally draw the line? Because this is a, a question that I've asked multiple times to various different communities and get a variety of different answers. It's something that people don't agree on. I think some, some people assume that, oh, that, you know, people just generally agree. It's this. This is what retro is. But yeah. there's a startling lack of, of agreement on this. So what to you is retro? I was actually thinking about this earlier and the I think the best answer that I've got is actually one that I got from a YouTuber that I watched about 10 or 12 years ago who actually, he went by the name infinite retro and someone asked him why, why infinite retro? Because at the time, you know, the PS3 360 were the modern current gen consoles mm -hmm. and his ideology behind it is that they're current now in 20 years, they're going to be retro though. You know, because when the NES came out, it was, you know, and the Master System, they were, you know, like the two best home consoles at the time. That was modern. And then, you know, a couple of years down the line, we've got the PlayStation 1 and N64. And you look back and it's like, yeah, that's kind of retro now. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's old. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, we get to the point now where we look at the PS1 and the N64 and we're like, yeah, those are retro consoles, mm -hmm. you know, PS2 and Xbox and GameCube. And we look at those and it's like, yeah, those are retro too. For me personally, um, I kind of go up until the PS3 mm -hmm. era. Do you and mean up like, so is your cutoff point the end of PS2 and the start of PS3? Or or what? how do you mean? The end of the PS3 generation? I would. I would say probably the end of the PS3 generation. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, the ideology behind it is that it'll all, it, whatever's new right now will eventually become retro at some point. Right. Right. It will eventually become old. I mean, everything yeah. ages, right? Yeah. At a certain point. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite movies that I I'm like, no, this did not come out X number of years ago. <laughs> Lord of the Lord of the Rings. I remember being oh like gosh. addicted to Lord of the Rings when it came out in theaters like these are new movies and like now i'm like oh my gosh they're like what almost 20 years old like they're ancient yeah roundabout yeah. um given that Good ancient oh we'll have to talk about that sometime uh <laughs> ancient you know in terms of like film's been around and i think this is such a unique question for gaming film's mm -hmm. been around for a long long time a long oh, yeah. long time uh i was enjoying watching uh metropolis last year that's, oh, well. Now, if you want to say ancient, that is ancient. It was like 1920s <laughs> or something like that. It's old. It's a little old, only a century. Yeah. So, I mean, comparing <laughs> comparing like something that came out five years ago, five years ago does seem like you know, that's starting to put some age on it. Ten years ago, yeah. sure, 15, 20. But 100 years ago, 
that's that's like, that's that's yeah. almost unthinkable. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's a hundred years old. I don't. So I know people who feel a hundred years old. <laughs> Me, some <laughs> days, <laughs> depending yeah. on the day. <laughs> but I think some people will approach the question of what is retro by drawing kind of a line in the sand. And to me, mm. it, it seems typically to be arbitrary. Some people say, oh, anything older than five years, anything older oh, than okay. 10 years. That's the one that I see most frequently. It's anything older than 10 years. Uh, anything okay. older than 15 years is also common. And then sometimes anything older than 20 years is what I've seen. Uh, another thing, okay. and this kind of fits in with what you're, which, with what you were saying earlier as well, is anything that is not current gen uh stuff it, it gets yeah. tricky when you're like okay but they just ported freaking <laughs> or yoshi's story i was playing this morning <laughs> to nintendo switch online I was like yeah but that was that was for that generation uh, ports yeah. don't muddle that at all um yeah. i even had somebody say and this was before the ps5 came out even had somebody say the ps4 is retro and I was oh, like, yeah. how? When it was the current generation, I was like, how? And they said, because it runs, uh, because it can run old games on it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so there's no consensus. There's no consensus. And I think yeah, a, at a some Retron point, 4 will run your retro games. That doesn't make the console itself retro. Exactly. It's a newer device, you know? But exactly. I understand. Yeah. The problem is, and it's not a problem in the terms of like, we need to get over this, guys. The the issue is that the term uh, has started to develop its own meaning within the context of games, but mm-hmm. nobody has really come along in 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 like an official sense, uh, like as historians or, or something like that, preservationists to be like, okay, yeah. this is how we're going to break this down. So the the ter- the word retro itself does not mean old. That's that's the that's the tricky thing is we use it to mean old yeah. because that's just how it's, it's used. I mean, like we were like, Oh, I love retro games. And then you go and play old games. It doesn't matter when. Uh, exactly. Uh, dude, I was playing bubbles on like the midway arcade collection last night. It's from <laughs> 1982. This game's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And that's true too. I mean, there's some people who <laughs> will take like, Oh, it's old retro means old. Therefore old, bad. Therefore I don't like this game. Oh, um, no. But retro, the definition, like as far as a word, actually means in the style of something that's come before. So mm. what that means then is like when you see uh, when you see like an indie game, that's like an 8-bit game. Think about, uh, was it Mina the Hollower? Uh, yeah. I think that's being yeah, made yeah. by Yacht Club Games. Um, yeah. That is a retro game. Because it's in the style of something that's come before. Now that's yeah. by definition, but we don't use it by definition. And that's fine because gaming now is its own context and it may need to develop its own terms. But I think the, the problem lies in the fact that we'll need more terms as we go along. Because like I was joking around with you earlier, <laughs> to me it doesn't make sense to say, oh, my favorite – retro game is the last of us who thinks of the last of us as a retro game nobody even despite what i said about the ps3 and 360 you know being something i would consider retro Uh uh-huh that game in particular not really yeah 
I yeah. wouldn't like I wouldn't consider, you know, going back to what you said, the the one person said if it's not current generation, it's retro. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna look at a PS4 or an Xbox One and go, Oh yeah, that's retro. Right. God of mm. War is my favorite retro game. Uh Which and one? I mean the the PS4 <laughs> one. Thank you for correcting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Near Automata is my is my favorite. I'm trying to think of like PS4 exclusives. Like oh. Uncharted 4 is my favorite. That's <laughs> my favorite record game. It doesn't to me that doesn't make sense because once you like put Super Mario Brothers one beside mm. Uncharted Four, the difference between those two games is astronomical because oh, of the yeah. development of the technology. So I'm coming. Like, I'm, I, I'm I bet Joel's head. boot, like just the skin for his boot and his model, the foot, is probably <laughs> bigger in file size than any maybe even all nes games combined <laughs> you can fit a lot of nes games on a floppy disk let's say that. <laughs> that's true oh, i don't know it's been a long time since i've tried a floppy disk but here's where i can land this so i don't think there's a good answer but i do no. think that if we want to have any kind of consensus that a dictionary definition is at least a place to start um yeah therefore what do we mean by retro? So I wrote a whole piece on this. You can go check it out, folks. It's in the podcast description. It just asks the question, what is retro? For me, I break it down like this. Okay, break it down by things that are concrete. Uh, like we know roughly when technology, you know, kind of moved on to its next epoch, if it's uh, its next era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generations one through two, of consoles kind of provide a rough, like this is the start of commercial gaming uh, for wide audiences. Obviously there were video games before the first generation of home consoles. And then there's PC that kind of, kind of follows along with this, but this is a general scheme I'm letting you know right now, a general scheme. I don't know if you saw this too Vox, but like, is this, is this going to be new info for you? Uh, probably. Okay. Awesome. Well, you'll have to let me know what you think when this is done, because this is fear. This is theoretical stuff, people. Okay, so generations one and two of home consoles, I would call that antique. They can't be retro by definition, because retro is something in the style of something that comes before. But if generations one and two are the first, then they can't be retro, if that makes sense. So calling them vintage, antique, something like that, Mm -hmm. original, perhaps. Uh, generations three and four that's eight bit and 16 bit is Mm. what I would actually call retro. They learned from generations one and two, certainly from the crash and then began to develop new concepts, but still relying upon a lot of the things like high scores, arcade design that was prevalent in generations one and two now in three and four. And typically too, when somebody says retro games, what are they playing? They're typically playing stuff from gens three and four. When you see an indie that says, oh, we're a retro styled indie game. (laughs) They're not like copying Uncharted four. They're copying (laughs) Mario world or the legend of Zelda link to the past or super Metroid or something like that. Uh, Then after that generations five and six PlayStation one Dreamcast stuff like that. And there that I would say is early 3d because again, you need a, you need a distinction that acknowledges that early 3D, like you said, PlayStation 1, Super Nintendo, NES, those are there's a huge difference between those, oh, those yeah. things. Huge. 
Uh, and then generation seven and eight HD, where HD started to become, you know, a new thing. You started looking at, you know, more photorealism and that sort of thing starting to be, to be developed high definition consoles and displays. And now we're in generation nine. I don't know what's going to define generations nine and, and 10. Uh, maybe it will be merging all of these things into streaming services and PC gaming. I don't know. Uh, cause we're not through that yet, <laughs> but as a general kind of scheme of gaming history, a, 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 an architecture or structure for interpreting gaming history, that's at least how I look at it. Now, if somebody says Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite mm-hmm. retro game, I'm not going to correct them because this is not something that everybody agrees on. But when I right. say retro games, I'm typically thinking of this specific generation. I'm not going to say Atari 2600 isn't retro, but... I would it's definitely ancient. consider that. Yeah, ancient, vintage, <laughs> antique, original, whatever you want to call that. So that for me, folks, is where my cutoff is. I said a lot of word vomit there. What do you think of that? Uh, I think the best way I could sum up retro, you know, if I really think about it, is probably if it invokes a feeling of nostalgia. Because yeah. you were, mm. and, and that hit me right as you were talking about Metal Gear Solid 2. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can think of PS2 games and Dreamcast games and Xbox games where if I look at hell, if I look at screenshots of them, if I see the box art, I get this whole just you know unfettered feeling of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, and nostalgia looks so different to so many people. I mean, I, you talk yeah. to people. I'm sure you've met folks who are like, oh yeah, my first console was the Wii U. And I'm like. <laughs> What are you five? Like (laughs) the Wii U is like 10 years old. The Wii U by the 10 year old line, the Wii U is, is retro. And I, I don't know. I can't even, when you start saying the Wii U was, was underloved. (laughs) Well, we'll have to talk about Wii U. That's a can of worms. I've got thoughts on Wii U, but like bro, Super Mario 3d world, uh, retro, Splatoon mm. retro? I don't know, man. I can't. I I don't know. I don't. That's hard to pill. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, if you want something that's formatted, like just like this is just this. Okay, you can agree <laughs> with it or not. I think there's not a ton of sub- subjectivity in the formula that I kind of came up with, and I like that personally. Whatever my brain is that gravitates toward that, I like that. But I'm not saying this is the this is what de- what retro is for gaming i think gaming hasn't really figured that out just yet but i'll tell you what like what you were talking about 20 years down the road when we're 20 years removed from ps5 and -hmm. somebody says uh my favorite retro game is freaking uh returnal that's gonna be weird (laughs) (laughs) that is gonna be weird didn't everybody hate that game (laughs) why is that (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure it's got fans i'm sure it's got fans but the point i've never played it i can't be mean to it (laughs) yeah look at goldeneye uh for n64 and then look at returnal there though if we only still have one term in 20 years then we've failed to distinguish between the the chasm the chasm of difference between all of those games that have come out 20 years apart so that's all the point that i'm gonna make let's move on here uh swing back into action swing back into action amazingly spectacular somebody there i hope somebody there was taking notes because it was a good discussion uh that was man 
favorite, see, this is what happens when you pick a whole lot of things. This is, this is, <laughs> and that had to be covered at some point on this show. So here we go. True. Uh, favorite, best, and worst. Mm. ABXY reviews asked, "What is the second best Spidey game?" And I told him Marvel's Spider-Man by Insomniac. Uh, and he was laughed. it second best or best two D? Uh, he said, "Oh, best two D Spidey game." Gosh, you're right. I misread that like 15 times. <laughs> Like 15 times. <laughs> I'm just here to help out. I'm- yeah, you're, that's why I got, I asked you on this episode. It's perfect. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. What is the best 2d Spidey game? Oh, uh, let's, let's, let's swing that in this way. What's your favorite? What's the best? And what's the worst of the retro games? And then we'll get into Ooh. like the list, the list. Ooh, my favorite. Um, I, I'm still eyeballing that Spider-Man versus Kingpin on Sega CD. It's good. Yeah. But it doesn't let me play as Venom. Mm, that's it. So that leaves ask. that leaves Ultimate Spider-Man, uh Separation Anxiety and Maximum Carnage. Okay. I like all, I, I'll I'll go with Ultimate Spider-Man even though the web swinging is janky garbage. Yeah, you know, that <laughs> I mean, but as far as like here's like an open world Spider-Man game, I mean that was as good as it got at that point. You know, yeah, that yeah. some people would argue even Spider Man 2, the movie tie in, yeah. Oh, see, so, so I've never played that one. I don't know, that but I'm one sure is, some people would yeah. say that. Oh, yeah, a lot of people you, you'll probably be surprised how many people come out and be like, Yeah, Spider Man 2 was amazing, man. So, I gotta, I didn't like the movie, so I was like, eh. I didn't either, yeah, <laughs> too much crying, too much crying. So, that was your favorite, yeah. or was that best? Uh, I would say Ultimate's probably. Probably what I would call the best. Okay. And Favorite you, would probably be um, Spider-Man versus Kingpin. Because okay. I'm not letting that one. I'm not letting that one go. No, it's good. It's good. I enjoyed it recently. Uh, worst. <sighs> Can we just like round up all the Game Boy games? Just, <laughs> Into and one, put there's them four. In a, all four of those are the worst. <laughs> I was shocked. There's four. <laughs> there's yeah. four Spider-Man games and they're all awful. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, at least they're consistent. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Come to find out, there's like, so there's Spider-Man and X-Men, a.k.a. Spider-Man and X-Men Arcade Revenge. I believe this is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And then, so not only, it wasn't enough to bring two versions of that evil into the world. Uh, And I remember that. Yeah, I remember that game fondly, (laughs) Arcade's Revenge. As a, as a kid, I remembered it fondly. And then I played it yeah. again recently and was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And there's a Game Boy port of Arcade's oh. Revenge, which Why? is colossally worse because you were like, I'm like, what if you don't punch anything? You don't shoot anything. It's just like you hunt down these things that you have to pick up in the order oh, of yeah. Spider-Man's uh, spider sense. And these little That's blinking right. items. And I'm like, oh, I can't pick this one up now. I have to pick it up in the order in which they're flashing. Terrible. And it's even worse yeah. on Game Boy. So not a fan of that. Yeah. And that that's like the only good thing I can give uh, uh, the arc, that one, Spider-Man and X-Men versus Arcade. Like the only thing I can even give that game is that the Spider-Man levels were the best levels in the game. <laughs> See, and I got up to like, I got, and then I did two <laughs> Spider-Man levels. And uh, I, I played the Genesis one. So when I got to the second Spider-Man level that mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't tell like 
what the background is from like the foreground and I can't see anything because oh, it's all awful. just, it's all just like one, you know, radiant color. They're like, look at our colors. I'm like, I can't see, <laughs> can't see. Well, uh, Genesis does what Nintendo. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, not to mention the soundtrack, but then yeah, trying some of the <laughs> X-Men levels. I was like, I want to go back to Spider-Man. Oh yeah. They're, they're not good at yeah. all yeah the best thing you can do with that game is turn it off and put it back on the shelf where it belongs there you go so <laughs> so that's my worst so that's my my claim for worse is the game boy version of arcades revenge um, i can agree to that it's easily. it's yeah it's pretty, like people are like oh spider-man nes is bad uh the amazing spider-man for game boy um yeah we'll get to that but the, in my opinion it's it's arcades revenge for game boy um best is is a toughie i really liked ultimate spider-man um it's good yeah. i thought um let me take a look here i i frequently thought that the playstation and n64 spider-man was real good uh it's early 3d so uh, you might have to give way to ultimate spider-man uh, yeah. cause it is a, it's, it's a bit hard to control. You can tell they're still kind of stretching their legs in that environment. It's a, it's a product of its time. Exactly. Exactly. Cause they, when they came out, yeah, those, those PS1 and 64 Spider-Man games. Yeah. They were, they were good. Yeah. Right. And they felt <laughs> authentic. You had like voice actors from the TV show, the yeah. Fox show, which uh, tell me you watched that oh, as a kid. Oh yeah. I had the, 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 what we were talking about in, uh, in discord, the, the cartoon maker. Oh, oh yeah, ABXY's oh, yeah. Cartoon Maker uh, yeah. didn't make my list initially because it wasn't on the Wikipedia list, but uh, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, that one that one was a lot of fun. I remember the other Cartoon Makers, so I never played the Spider Man one, but what a novel idea! Super, cool. I know. Yeah, uh, best though, probably give it up to Ultimate Spider Man, uh, and then uh, favorite. Uh, I like quite a few of these. Um, I don't like, I don't think it's maximum carnage anymore. Uh, cause beating that, I was like this game. Uh, and that we'll was the one with the ridiculous that. venom boss, right? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. separation anxiety is good. Um, favorite yeah. though. I really like that LJN Spider-Man, uh, the animated series one, um, just Oof. like pure nostalgia, but it's not a great yeah. one. That one. I prefer the Genesis over the SNES one. It's faster. It's yeah. faster. Yeah. The SNES one is <laughs> molasses. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like Lethal I want to say favorite though is Spider-Man the video game for arcade where you could oh, uh yeah. do the 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 uh beat 'em up and then the platforming as well. And we'll we'll get into that the details on that. Yeah. For sure. Cloud 3214 said make sure to cover the arcade cabinet and animated show game on SNES. We will Oops, platforming said I love the S the NES game, I beg your pardon. May have just been from my love of Spider-Man because that game don't hold up now. And I gotta <laughs> agree. Uh, my favorite was Spider-Man on PS1, such a gem. So what we're gonna Absolutely. do here, we've got a list. Uh we've got a list of, of all these games. Um, and there's a bunch that weren't on my collage of Spidey games as well. Uh, and we'll just kind of move down and see if we've got any like specific comments on some of these uh, sort of like okay. mini reviews, I guess. And we'll see how far we go. Yeah. I think it's going to dry up once we start getting to like the mid 2000s. 
Probably. I would say, yeah, basically after the early 2000s with the movie tie-in games, that's probably when we're going to start hitting a, hitting a slump. Yeah. And then, so that's probably where we'll, we'll wrap up this portion of the conversation. So starting with the first one, Spider-Man 1982, <sighs> Parker Brothers, Atari. When was the yep. last time you played this crap? Oh, God. <laughs> it was because it was years ago. Okay. And I don't know. I'm. Uh, you can't see it, but the flashbacks are kicking in. They're not good. the hundred yard stare just kind of came in and said yep we're gonna look at the floor now (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i actually did uh pop in uh the atari 2600 uh and i've got it plugged in here and i've got the cartridge um Mm. and i was like we're gonna do this you know with the joystick and the one button does not get much more accessible than that but then come to find (laughs) out the game doesn't tell you anything. So you had yeah. to have the manual, right? But you plug the game on and it does its little beep, loo, 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 doo, loo, doo. and then <laughs> I can't remember how the jangle goes. And then that's it. And then you're just, you start off hanging from a building and people will <laughs> pop into windows and I'm like, are these enemies? Am I supposed to rescue these people? And all you can do is fire a web uh, straight up. Uh, you can climb down, oh, evidently, yeah. but you can fire a web straight up or diagonally. And mm-hmm. the goal is to climb to the top of this building and reach like a flashy gate. In Atari language, the flashy gate was the important bit, right? right. Um, the problem is that you find this out through trial and error. The Spidey web only latches on to a yellow part of the building. So blue is either empty air or like a window. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's fine when you're climbing up this skyscraper for the most part, because there's a lot of yellow, but then you get to the yeah. scaffolding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. How'd that go for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Spider-Man falls on the cement at the bottom of the building on his back, obviously dead. Uh, waiting for you at the top is the green goblin himself, <laughs> lovingly rendered, <laughs> uh, maybe like 12 pixels. Uh, kind of wafting back and forth. And if you touch him, you'll fall. Uh, you can catch yourself if you fall, which I thought was neat. Um, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. After that's, reaching that's the top, addition. I was like, you know, I, I think I've had enough of Spider-Man 1982. So <laughs> I played it to say I played it and that's it. But what about the quest probe featuring Spider-Man? I didn't play that I, one. I didn't even know that one existed. Oh, really? Okay. I like the concept of it though. That's it's a really really cool concept. I think well, text based adventure. Yeah, yeah, text based adventure with Spider Man that allows complex, you know, sentences to be put in. Because when I was younger, I actually played a fair few text based adventures, and most of those, you you could do one word, and that was about it. You know, mm. it's like uh, go north, go left, go back, go right. It wasn't like this where one of the, what was one of the examples was like Spider-Man looking that thing or something like that. But it, it was, it was impressive, especially compared to other ones from uh, 1984 and that it had graphical, you know, some kind of graphical fidelity to it. Yeah. Uh, You're actually like, I mean, so it looks like the quest probe game was really accompanied by 
quite a lot of classic style Spider-Man art. I mean, all these, oh, yeah. the villains have like their, the hokiest costumes on, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but you get like yeah. these bright neon pinks and greens and there's Spider-Man himself. Uh, he, and he's actually red and blue. Uh, it looks pretty rad as far as early adventure games go. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And next up was, so did you play the amazing Spider-Man and Captain America and Dr. Doom's revenge? I did not, but I did watch a YouTube video of it this morning. Oh, this morning. Yeah. I'm glad. You glad you didn't play it. (laughs) I am glad that I didn't play it, but it's balanced out by the sadness of knowing it exists. Oh, I've seen PowerPoint presentations with more speed than this game. Dang. So yeah, this does look, uh, this looks a little rough around the edges. I'm sure it's got fans out there, but I don't know. I might actually rather play the text-based adventure game than this. Uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> a hilarious entry on the list of Spider-Man games on Wikipedia. On the list of, of Spider-Man video games, it says the, the Revenge of Shinobi. And- yeah, that tripped me <laughs> out. Why is it? I was trying to figure out why that was there. So the reason is because uh, I believe it was for bosses or enemies in Revenge of Shinobi. Um, They used a bunch of like comic book characters as like stand-ins. And then the developers never, you know, wrote in other characters. So you actually fight like straight up Batman in this game. And (laughs) Spider-Man is in this game as well. Yeah, Isn't it like the silver armor Spider-Man? I think, I don't know. I don't have a ton of familiarity with the Shinobi games, but uh, so there is an honorary Spider-Man game. Again, his name's not <laughs> in the title, but uh, there's an honorary Spider-Man game on Genesis. Shino- and that, that one's a, a pretty decent game too. So, Oh, is it? Revenge of Shinobi? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. It's yeah. all right. No, like I said, it's I it's very, very pretty. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had too much experience with all that, but uh, but there it is. Uh, there was an MS-DOS, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, the problem with a lot of these games, obviously, they're like, oh, my favorite one is Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man <laughs> game is? They're, they're all named Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you know how many Amazing Spider-Man games there are? Right. And a then lot. even that, yeah, even that, there's like multiple called The Amazing Spider-Man. So there was a, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man for MS-DOS. Uh, that I'm not sure that I've played. Yeah, that one, uh, I want to say that I have, but I'm not sure that I have. Yeah. That era, like, like the early DOS stuff, uh, I'm not too sure about, but there is a hilarious bit where I'm not sure if it's maybe when you get damaged, but it looks like Spider-Man's like half of Spider-Man's body will turn to a skeleton. (laughs) and there's like a big splash image on the side of the page where like his legs are just like skeletal but he's fine the rest of him so i don't know if that's like your health bar but what what a novel idea it could be i think the best thing about that game though in particular was Mm. uh it looks like mcfarlane did the cover art uh oh yeah yeah that looks pretty that looks pretty sethy yeah, I'm gonna stand by that and say that's uh, that's Todd McFarlane's Spider Man. Oh, Todd! I'm thinking, oh, man, I got it. Oh, that. Seth I McFarlane. Seth. <laughs> I said Seth, and I said Seth I with my brain on Todd. 
Not I didn't yet. even catch you on that one. That's that's funny. Oh, there that's we go. Funny. For for whoever who for whoever jumped on that without listening to the next two minutes, you're welcome. Yeah. Seth! <laughs> what the <laughs> And now one that comes uh highly anti-recommended uh mm. was the amazing Spider-Man for Game Boy. Have you tried that one? Long, long time ago. Many, I actually still on the ago? second one, but the first one. I really don't remember much of it. I know I've played it. I don't remember much of it except the disappointment that set in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like Man. we established earlier, none of the uh the Spider-Man Game Boy games are good. Doesn't mean you you can't like it, of course, if you're listening, you're like, but the no. Uh, but we're saying none of them are like objectively quality games. No. Uh, and I think that's, that's again, it's down to just the control scheme of the Game Boy and then what the Game Boy could do. Yeah. You know, I, it's not, these are not fast paced games. So the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man doesn't even look like Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I tried uh, all four of the Game Boy games and like three of them are like your first boss is jumping over this stack of crates. actually quite hard but but the amazing spider-man for game boy the first one was developed by rare man they have come a long way they have they have come a very long way yeah i remember i was looking at this list the other day and i was thinking rare did that (laughs) yeah oh yeah published by ljn of course uh and uh shout out to terrence harkin said uh also all of these villains seem to know who he is and just call him up all willy-nilly to challenge him which they do when you play the amazing spider-man <laughs> on game boy like mysterio at the start of the game will just be like hey we've got mary jane peter and he's like oh don't you touch her and he's like ah, ah, i know who you are and maybe that's explained <laughs> in the manual but they just could he be knows who he is yeah maybe the manual is more interesting than the game itself <laughs> <laughs> probably probably now a fave of yours is next mm-hmm. spider-man versus the kingpin yeah yeah what makes that one stand out for you i think it's it's good to note that it's the same thing as spider-man on the genesis but okay different because they were actually both developed and published by the same teams the thing is the sega cd version has uh, a lot of concessions to make it a little easier web fluids easier to find where that's kind of a problem in the Genesis version. In the Genesis version, you can go back to Peter's apartment and chill. And just Just stay there indefinitely? Yeah, yeah, just to hang out, heal up, go out. And what was it to, there's a way to replace the web fluid. Like, I think you've got to, you've got to take pictures of, of the enemies to make money at the Daily Bugle to buy more web fluid, which I understand. And I think, you know, if that were a side thing, like an addition to, it would be great because it's something else for you to do. It's a whole mm-hmm. photo mode that's really cool. But in the Sega CD version, there are little tokens that you can pick up to replace your web fluid. Plus, it's faster. He moves better through the environment, climbing on walls and ceilings and banking turn banking corners. Yeah, like it's 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 a much better version. Again, dude, the ambition, right? Like, yeah. This game I had never played before, before trying it out this past week. Uh, and I was kind of blown away. It's got like voice acted cutscenes, yeah. like straight up, less like animated, animated. cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, fully animated. Really cool. 
Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, all these characters are like recognizably classic Spider-Man characters. And then the thing is open world. You can just like choose where you want to go in New York. Uh, I feel like, you know, it's still obviously a product of his time. That's not even a feeling. Oh yeah. It is. Uh, Spider-Man's head when he has like his mask on looks hideously deformed for some reason. I'm looking at a picture right now. Um, (laughs) And you know, when they're talking, their mouths are just like, and his, his voice actor sounds ridiculous. Oh, he does the Superman voice. He puts the mask on and now I'm Spider-Man. This looks like a job for Spider-Man. I don't understand why superhero (laughs) voice actors were like, oh, we should all do this. But it doesn't fit Spider-Man. Yeah. And oddly enough, one of the few voices that I have a lot of trouble doing. That kind of her- that kind of heroic, you know, kind of booming big I can't do that very well. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think like going back and watching like Max Flesher, Superman, uh, which I love mm. doing with my kids every once in a while. Uh it made sense for that character because like it's Superman, dude. It's Superman. <laughs> I mean, you credit Chris Chris Reeve for coming up with um with all of the uh, like the body language stuff, you know, where he, he puts his yeah. shoulders in, he kind of hunkers down, and he looks a little less like he's a mountain of a man, uh, mm. raised in Kansas on potatoes, like a huge, <laughs> a burly guy. Um, but early on in like the Flesher cartoons, whoever voiced Clark Kent and Superman did mm-hmm. two different tones. You know, so he's like, "All That's right, awesome. Lois, I'll, I'll I'll handle that for you," and he doesn't do the all all right, Chief, you know, sort of thing. But yeah. but he's got a higher range when he's Clark, and then when he this looks like a job for Superman, and he puts on <laughs> like the deeper, more braggadocious voice. And I feel like that was just like every voice actor for every superhero for the next eighty years was like, "This yeah. is how you do a superhero voice." But Spider Man did the. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Kevin Kev- Conroy. Same thing with Batman. Yeah. You know, and that Bruce totally Wayne. fits that character as well. Yeah. And Bruce sure. Wayne, totally smooth, cool. Just what you would expect from a billionaire playboy. And then Batman comes around and it gets real. Yeah. <laughs> Epidermolytic hyperkeratosis. Just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Batman. Now, you remember that Arkham, uh, Arkham Knights? Did you ever see Arkham Knights? No, or Gotham Knights. It was called Gotham. Gotham Knights. No, uh, I know about the game coming out. Yeah, shoot. Now I'm confusing Excited myself. Gotham Knights movie. I've and, seen Emerald oh, Knights. Okay, it Green was Lantern. called Batman Gotham Knight, and it was a 2008 animated superhero anthology film based on the DC character of the same name. Uh, but it was meant to fill in gaps between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So it's set mm. in that universe, but it's like a series of short stories uh, animated differently from different oh, perspectives yeah. on Batman. Yeah. So you have seen that? No. Okay. It's sitting on my shelf. You need to watch that, dude. It's actually <laughs> super good. It's super good. Yeah, because that's the one where they've got like anime Batman yeah, and, yeah. and a whole bunch. Yeah, that yeah. actually looks really cool. It's pretty I'm bomb. So there's that. one where he's hunting down Scarecrow, who's like a cultist, like in the sewers now. And, uh, oh yeah. And, uh, killer croc is in there waiting for him and he's talking with Ooh. commissioner Gordon over like a walkie talkie or the, the bat talkie and, uh, oh <laughs> commissioner Gordon's like, he's got a hyper epi epi and Batman's just like epidermolytic hyperkeratosis just like rails it off. And I was like, whoa, 
Batman. <laughs> but anyway, digression again. <laughs> just uh, we always want to talk about Batman, I guess. Uh, it's what happens when you put us together. I'm sorry. Yeah, it does. But Spider-Man, uh, I feel like isn't as best served by that dropping of the tone. Uh, yeah. You know, the keeping it witty, keeping it bantery. That's Spider-Man for sure. Yeah. Like I could, I could understand Peter Parker with, you know, the nervous stutter mm-hmm. to an ex- to, to a point. Um, and then him just being, you know, bombastic and in the right circumstances where with Spider-Man, where he's just popping off jokes left and right and being a wise ass. Right, right, right. And I think, I feel like there's some comic people are going to be pissed off at this, but I feel like there's a difference in that, you know, like Batman, some interpretations might be Batman is that character and Bruce Wayne is the mask. Uh, Mm -hmm. whereas for Spider-Man, I feel like Spider-Man is a mask that he puts on. Whereas Peter is the real person. I don't feel like that's at all confused the other way around. Like Mm, it is for Batman. Yeah, I would, I could definitely agree with that. Considering like what we were talking about earlier, where Spider-Man's swinging around, you know, fighting Scorpion, still worried about his power bill. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, and probably the other way around too. Like if he's in class, he's like, gosh, I hope the lizard doesn't jump in here. <laughs> yeah. But this but, poor guy has so much stress in his life. Right? No wonder he's so small. But I think he's, I think he, he, he thinks about his strategy of like disarming foes by like being, you know, witty and jokey and stuff like that while he's Spider-Man. Whereas that's not really oh, yeah. who Peter is. Anyway, a little psychoanalysis there for you. Oh no, you uh, found my greatest weakness. Pocket knives. <laughs> Next game on the list is uh, is the uh, the original Genesis game. So we're talking about Spider Man versus the Kingpin, uh, which yep. I think is real impressive. Folks should check that out. I was talking about before we started. I was shocked that like you're punching cops in Spider Man versus. Yeah, the Kingpin. that was. <laughs> and for a Spider Man game in 1990. Uh, again, yeah, this is not like an edgy, a super edgy superhero or anything. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. Yeah. And I get it. You know, like he's, he's, you know, the vigilantism and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like because it's versus the Kingpin that like the cops are in the Kingpin's pay and yeah, stuff like that. Cops. But the game didn't explain that. Or maybe I missed that. Uh, Cause only, I only watched some of the opening cutscenes once. So yeah, I don't that was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't recall, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had the the cops in his pocket. I yeah, mean, that's kind of it's part of part of Kingpin's deal. Exactly. That's why nobody's taking him down. Uh, for, but we for did as run much into, of a problem as he is. He's as much of a help. <laughs> yeah, but we did run into a fan of uh, of the Genesis version from I am Dustin Faber, who said the original Genesis game was the best Spider Man game. Until the PS4 one, again referencing Insomniac's mm. Spider-Man, uh, but Spider-Man: The Video Game from 1991 is a personal fave of mine. Like I shouted out earlier, and you've played mm. this, the arcade game. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, bro, it's oh, good. It's so good. It's it so is. good. The sprite work, the animation, everything, just the scaling that it does when it zooms in and out. Oh. Yeah. And nobody talks about this Spider-Man game. You know why? Nobody knows it existed. Exactly. Cause it's a freaking <laughs> Sega arcade game that was licensed that they can't just re-release because of the, the, the 
the nature of licensed games yeah. uh, and the fact that it never got a home port ever. So God, it should have like when people talk about this is where I, you know, really empathize with preservation. Like if you start like people are like, oh, preservation for NES games and super NES games it's like they do that. Like every generation, yeah. they're just re-releasing Genesis games. Those two generations get all the love they do. Uh, but then when you think about like arcade games, like I was talking to a friend about three wonders oh, dude, from yeah. Capcom. Mm-hmm. Nobody's played three wonders from Capcom because it was only in the arcades. You could never replay. Like so few people have played tumble pop. There was a game boy version <laughs> that like people were like, I play the game boy. Version. Have you played the arcade version? No, because it was only in the arcades. And yeah. unfortunately, Spider-Man, the uh, accurately titled Spider-Man, the video game. Uh, was only in the arcades. I remember running into it uh, at an airport uh, oh, somehow yeah. in the early 90s. I mean, I was like six or seven, and my oh, parents man. thought it was okay to just put me and my younger brother, who was like six or five, on an airplane and fly between islands in Hawaii. Uh, so they would send me off, you know, on like yeah. from one island, and then I'd go and get picked up by my grandma on the other island. Um, back when you could do stuff like that. Back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like today I would not, and I have a six year old and a four year old yeah. about to be five next month. I would not oh, imagine too. putting them on an air. Like, would you put them? <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. If, if I, if I were ever to put my four year old on anything by herself to travel, it's like, here's your baton. Here's your taser. Right. Here's your 45. <laughs> don't talk to anybody. Shoot yeah. them go to your mom's it was a yeah it was a completely (laughs) different world back then a completely different world uh but i remember being at an airport waiting for the flight and there was an arcade Mm. and i played spider-man the video game and got pretty dang far until the the uh the the plane was ready to board uh and that was the last time i saw that game so i only ever saw it once until i realized mame is a thing oh yeah mame is essential especially like we're talking to you know preservation mm-hmm. who's going to preserve hundreds of arcade cabinets you like can't. in there somewhere yeah. yeah i mean you just can't like logistically space maintenance the maintenance yeah. costs on aging arcade cabinets i mean not to just mention like the cost of purchasing an arcade cabinet an original arcade cabinet always oh, yeah. been super expensive Super oh, expensive. Yeah. I mean, I feel even worse for pinball. How are you going to preserve pinball? Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I know someone who's into pinball, and uh-huh. like she's like she's hardcore into pinball. Like I thought she was hardcore in, in Resident Evil. That's how I met her. No, no, this woman is a pinball wizard. <laughs> I, get five I love points pinball. for that. One. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love pinball, but like you can't just make a ROM of pinball. Like no. that is that is a tactile game thing that has its own preservation issues. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. convinced that like maim on somebody's dumpy laptop that is eventually going to die and get thrown on a pile in in a closet <laughs> is preservation either. But a maim collection that is somewhere being preserved online, available public access for all of these old things where like that license expired, Sega's not getting any, any money from Spider-Man, the video game. Somehow gaming has to figure that out, especially for these arcade games that are never getting ported. Alien versus predator by Capcom. Uh, Oh yeah. Now 
Can't find that. That's a travesty because yeah. that that arcade version was awesome. Oh, it's lit. It's super good. It's amazing. Rolling Thunder, another one. Another great one. Yeah. I don't know if there's been a port of Rolling Thunder. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, off the top not of that head. I know of. I'm sure someone will let me know. But this one, again, special, these huge, very detailed sprites. Uh, it was it was so awesome because, and I remember the first time I, I saw this happen in the game. It blew my mind. I've hmm. never, I till this day, I can't think of another game that does this, where it would be a side-scrolling beat-em-up. And you're punching like the putties from Power Rangers, and then you fight <laughs> Scorpion. Spite <laughs> seriously because they're like, and, uh, they're like uh, Scorpion and Venom, and then Venom turns gigantic, and yeah, the screen scales back, and suddenly it's a platformer. It's like it's a it's a run and gun, and then it'll zoom back in, and it's a beat 'em up again. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never that seen is, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw Venom just size up, and I was just kind of like, oh, how do you fight that? This is how. This is how you fight that. <laughs> Can I run away from him? <laughs> no. Can I be him? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So now uh, back to back to the, the, the bad. Uh, the Amazing yep. Spider-Man 2, which I think is the Game Boy adaptation of of uh of arcades revenge or no it looks like it's not that's that's listed separately but the amazing spider-man 2 just sucks it's terrible it's not good amazing spider oh yeah the amazing spider-man 2 on game boy yeah Mm -mm, no i own that no that's bad that was one of those ones i kept in the little game boy clamshell case okay and i like (laughs) left it on the desk somewhere (laughs) i was too busy playing ninja turtles 2 and 3 on the game boy yeah uh the tough thing, I think it was that one. It was either that one or the third one or both in which you have to like stand still to throw a punch or a kick. Um, and then jumping was slow. Uh, so like it's hard to even dodge a skateboarder. Like what the. Yeah, I did not. I, I even as a kid, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 on the Game Boy was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now let me tell you, okay, this one's a fave. Spider-Man Return of the Sinister Six. <laughs> NES Master System Game Gear. This is the apparently oh. this is like the one eight bit, like because I'm like looking decent. at the other ones. Yeah, well, this is like the one that was like only eight bit. Um, because there's a bunch oh, of yeah. others that were like ported to PC or ported to like eight bit and sixteen bit, but this is apparently the only one that's like just eight bit. Just eight bit. Yeah. So, have you played Spider Man: Return of the Sinister Six? At some point, okay. So I not don't at remember all much of it. Okay. No, yeah, a lot, a lot of like the NES stuff. It's it's been many many years since I've touched it. Okay, so this I remember one, the feelings yeah. that it caused, though. I uh, yeah, frustration, <laughs> rage, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, it's got that rainbow on the front, and I don't want to dip into the whole. You know, every game that had the LGN logo on it was terrible. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, I like Jaws. No, the, yeah, there were some, there are some that legitimately impressed yeah. me out of LGN. They did have some good stuff that a lot of people seem to gloss over. Yeah, their sprite the, work was always amazing, and yeah. I'll say that even about Spider-Man and X-Men versus Arcade, the animation and sprite work was awesome. Yeah. The I mean, LGN was, was the, the publisher too. They're and they're not yeah. the developer, so. 
I again yeah, they have you know, sister studios and stuff like that. But anyway, Return of the Sinister yeah. Six, great cover, first of all. Maybe one of the, the best covers of any Spider-Man game. Like that stands out. It's wonderful. You could see like the whole group of villains in his reflective eyeballs yeah, or whatever. Those clearly are. too. Yeah. That is wonderful art. And that to me was like the generation of Spider-Man that I read growing up. So that was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah. And then you pop it in and the title screen like <laughs> <laughs> look like a bunch of prunes there. Uh but the the toughest thing about this game was what we mentioned earlier, which is just the controls. Uh the controls yeah. aren't very responsive and then it's difficult to know how to do something specific that you might want because you can do yeah. all of it in this game. You can throw punches, you can jump, you can crawl on walls, you can throw web cartridges. There's just too much that they tried to do with this. Yeah. Just just Spidey being ahead of the tech at that point. Yeah. Which, but I tell you, know, you what. Maybe- if there had been a 16-bit version, maybe they could have done it. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I'll tell you what. It's got more Sinister Six in it than Insomniac's Spider-Man. They're in oh, there for like five on. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking you about? Know, you're, you're not wrong. Man. I don't like admitting it, but you're not wrong. You remember they they <laughs> like they marketed Spider-Man on PS4 with like that money shot of like Spider-Man lying on the ground in the rain and like all mm. the villains surrounding him. You're like, oh, he's going to fight the Sinister Six. And like he is. Yeah. And it's like two boss fights and that's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you could say that he kind of fights him in a cutscene, gets the crap kicked out of him, and then he's thrown off into the water somewhere. <laughs> Wee. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I like my Sinister Six fights to go. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Wii, Arcade's Revenge. So we we mentioned Ooh. this earlier. Are you a, fa- a fan? No. No. Yeah. I, Most, yeah. No, I played, I played, this is one I remember playing a lot as a kid, specifically the Super Nintendo version. Okay. Um, but, oh, like, uh, this is the one I'd give Spider-Man's levels some i'll put some respect on those ones despite the little flashy things being dumb um because i feel like they actually did a fairly okay job with Mm spider-man you know he moves well he looks good his levels look good aside from certain problems on the genesis version Mm -hmm. um but when you get to the x-men levels they're awful they're so bad and then you have to do it again again yeah you go through spidey's you know first level or two and then you go through you know you play storm and you go through like that little you know one two three whatever it is then you you go through the roster and then you do it again oh my but it's new levels uh no no if you want a better x-men game x-men mutant apocalypse okay plus it's got psylocke in it Mm. and Come on. Can't go wrong with Psylocke. Yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man 3 Invasion of the Spider-Slayers. I never played this one. The third game. Uh, So I popped it in. Mm -hmm. uh, By which I mean I loaded up an emulator (laughs) and popped in a ROM. And it's also not great. As we said earlier, um, (laughs) Game Boy Spider-Man was not where it's at at all. No. didn't even get that far. But you know what is a talking point here? Uh-oh. Maximum Carnage. A lot oh. of people remember Maximum Carnage. Merlino Damn. Games. 
Separation. I know that guy. Yeah, you do. He said separation anxiety and maximum carnage on SNES were great. The well-read mage, who you may have also heard of. You may know me from such podcasts as Magecast. Uh, (laughs) Maximum carnage, I said, can go jump off a building and snag its eyelid on a nail. Oh, Uh, see, I misread that initially. I thought it was a count. I thought it was a comment on the controls and being bad and you falling off a building and catching your eyelid on a nail. Yes. And also it's an insult. So it's a double entendre. You can say I like (laughs) maximum carnage though. uh, So I beat maximum carnage recently. I had really (laughs) bless you. (laughs) I had really high. um, What's the term? Like high views of maximum carnage for like Mm -hmm. most of my life. Um, Yeah. I feel like back then, like a hard game was like, Oh my gosh, it's legendary. Right. Plus maximum Mm -hmm. carnage. You got to give props. I mean, maximum carnage had amazing music. Uh, green jelly, I think was that the rock band that that did the music. Um, there's a little bit of black Sabbath in there. Um, And then you were treated to like some of the best like uh, cutscenes that were just like these the, like splash yeah. on it. And it was great. And it tied in with a specific. Here's the thing, right? You play like Arcade's Revenge. You're like, <laughs> what's the story? You know, or you play like, what was I saying earlier? Like uh, versus the Kingpin. I was like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. But when you play Maximum Carnage, they're like, okay, this is based on the crossover event maximum carnage and like yeah, oh, multimedia production i recognize that screenshot or i recognize that splash art right yeah i love that so much by the way that they just they were like yeah here's a comic panel just right yes. in the screen for you yeah man that that stuff excited me to no end and it was good when i, when I saw it at first yeah and then yeah, the level starts and then the level starts <laughs> and oh, no. it's easy to get you know, picked off. Um, there's a, there's, a, I wrote a whole review on this folks. So there's a podcast description, check out the link. You can go read the, the full critique. Cause I do have thoughts on why the game is, uh, unnecessarily hard. Um, specifically at the end where it's just like yeah. a huge boss rush, two fights against carnage that don't need to be as hard as they are to where he's only weak to just venom. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at least they put you on the right track to play the superior spider person. <laughs> at least there's that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's very, it's very unfair. It hides a lot of its essential resources. Uh, the bonus yeah. levels are bogus to find. Um, they're not at all something. They're like, oh, I wonder what's around that corner. No, it's like jump through this closed window, and <laughs> there's a bonus stage, and they're like, we. Remind so, me, remind me about bogus uh, secret stages when we talk about separation anxiety. Ooh, okay, <laughs> the sequel, right? Yeah. Um, why don't we jump there right now? So you, as long I think, as we come back to Lethal Foes. Oh, we will <laughs> come back to Lethal Foes. Um, okay. You, you've probably got more experience playing Separation Anxiety, but it's the sequel to Maximum Carnage, mm. um, which I did try, and I actually tried it first on Genesis. And I was like, I can't take this sound chip. So I jumped to <laughs> Super Nintendo. Uh, and at first I was cracking up because it's over. It's almost like over animated. And yeah. like generally I found out that like there are way too many retro Spider-Man games where they like look borderline rotoscoped. So like you do a little squat yeah, before you jump. You know and I'm what? like, is that needed? Separation anxiety. Uh, I don't think they rotoscoped, but. It is it looks, so over animated. It's it's definitely got that rotoscope feel to it. Yeah. 
because you know thinking of um flashback i think it was called yeah where they did actually rotoscope the animation it it has a similar feel to it i personally really enjoy it yeah i like rotoscoping like out of this world another world one of my favorite mm-hmm. games uh here games. uh oh that yeah uh here when uh when like i played as spider-man uh, he mm-hmm. does like this walk forward with his arms up, like in a T pose, uh, his arms <laughs> up sideways yeah. and then like his hands forward. But as he walks, he kind of like twinkles his fingers a little bit and it looks like he's with his head ducked <laughs> down low and it looks like he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. and I could not get over that animation. Another animation you pick up, you pick up like a trash can. And he just looks so happy to pick up a trash can. When you yeah. get knocked o- over, like by an enemy, he falls down like a limp puppy. It is, it's so lovingly animated. <laughs> it's, it's like it amazing. It really is. That's, yeah. that's, that's one of my big things for separation anxiety is I really love the art style overall. Uh-huh. I love the sprite work, I love the animation. The music is great. You know, I just, I I love a lot about that game. And especially as you get to play Venom. Oh yeah, of course. Have you beaten Separation Anxiety? I have not. Not yet. Okay. I have not either. Uh, Another thing to note about Separation Anxiety is Venom's name comes first. He got top top billing for that one. Mm -hmm. As he should. As he should. (laughs) Very much a Venom fan. Lethal Foes (laughs) though. Uh, I have not played Lethal Foes. How Uh, is Lethal Foes? I have never beaten Lethal Foes. Okay. But it is, uh, it's a Japan exclusive. So if you're sitting here wondering, if if you're listening to this and you're like, never heard of that before, it was only available in Japan. And it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up on a much smaller scale, but similar vein, I'd say, to the the arcade game, actually. Because you go through, you know, go through beat-em-up sections, but then without the scaling and zooming in and out, you know, you got platforming sections. It's, and it's really good. The animation is nice. It feels smooth. The problem I had with it is that it had that, that design flaw, I'm going to call it of the era where they would make the maps or whatever level you're on or stage, just unnecessarily maze-like in certain spaces. Uh, So you kind of just get lost and, yeah like i got i got lost in the sewer and i was just kind of like i I don't care at this point and then i took a turn and wound up fighting the lizard and i was like okay (laughs) and uh blue beetle or scarab there's like a green and purple guy right beetle i think beetle yeah yeah he's just like he doesn't have a he's not blue he's not super yeah he's, he's beetle. like teal and purple <laughs> yeah the most ineffectual super villain costume that's <laughs> how <laughs> so, you know he's a bad guy though because no hero would dress like that no i mean mysterio had it right he used the same color scheme but he put a fishbowl on his head and it, it's creepy yes because you can't see his there you go there you go uh so it does look like a great game i i looked for it uh mm. on my pie i've got a collection of translated super uh famicom games but it wasn't on there. Otherwise, I would have been really down to try it. It uh, does have, uh, it, despite my love for it, it does have uh, some unfortunate jank with the controls. It's that kind of hard to describe one where it feels delayed, yeah. but not enough to make it 
super irritating. It's like just enough where it's like, yeah, I can, I can live with this. Hmm. Interesting. Which I think, yeah. Spider-Man issue in general. Uh, yeah. What was the next one here? Oh, okay. A fave of mine. You, you I, I, I think I detected oh, you go. don't like this game. <laughs> I, one, one version of it. Okay. Spider-Man, the animated series uh, on the cover just says Spider-Man. This is the yeah, one to me weird. that screams the nineties. Uh, it's got a ton of villains. It's fairly straightforward. And that's just like a platformer. Uh, yep. Of course, I played a ton of the Super NES one, but this is one where I really think like it probably just handles better on Genesis than Super yep, Nintendo. That's- yeah, because for for the longest time, the only version I'd ever played was the SNES version. That's the one my stepdad had. He's the okay. one that I've got to thank for being a you know the comic nerd that I am today. Nice. <laughs> and um, you know, it was not. Uh, it was rough on the SNES. I feel just just because of you, you're probably better equipped to explain the SNES version. Well, I, I mean, I, I played it again recently and this was a game I beat as a kid and playing it recently. Wow. I was like, how did I beat it as a kid? This time and practice. That's the, the, that was our secret weapons as children. That's true. You know? Um, but now it just felt like the gravity was too high. Uh, it felt like you're just really ineffectual. You're not fast. Um, you're very slow. Uh, web slinging was still a little tricky. And then sometimes the buttons mm-hmm. wouldn't do what you wanted them to do. You know, sometimes yeah. you'd latch onto a wall and you'd have to try it a couple times if you didn't get it the first time. Um, yeah. And uh, it's got Master Chief in it, though. So there's that. <laughs> do you remember that? No, I don't. Okay. One of no. the regular enemies. I kid you not, folks. Look this up. One of the regular enemies in Spider-Man, the animated series on Super Nintendo, at least. I don't know about the Genesis one. Straight up is master chief looks like a, exactly like master chief. he's got the golden visor he's got like oh the green God. uh the green and black armor like in a, in almost the exact same patterning too uh that's wild i forgot about that yeah so that's i'm gonna say that's totally where they got the idea for master chief from was from that game absolutely yeah canon So I recently popped open a box I received from Joypad Lad only to be greeted by a bounty of retro gaming goodness. Three games including Metroid Prime for GameCube and a brand new Kirby water bottle to boot. Straight from Japan no less. Four less than the price of a new AAA game. Plus the dude shipped it out faster than you can say red mages read pages outrageously. For outrageous prices and new goods being uploaded frequently, you need to check out the good guy of retro gaming stores at joypadlad.com. Link in the description. You can get 10% off your order by using the promo code RED10. That's R-E-D-1-0. Let me know the well-read mage sent you. So next up is Web of Fire. This is exclusively for Sega 32X. Uh, and I was kind of surprised at this game. Um, you've played web of fire before. Oh yeah. Quite a few times. I've never beaten it. Okay. But it's, uh, it is, I think part of that stems from in particular from the way the controls 
Yeah, we keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It it's, is true. Yeah, it's like you got webs in the controller too. <laughs> mm. I think one issue with Web of Fire is how fast it is, and I get that Sega was like, "Hey, but we're faster." Hey, but we're faster. May sound like yeah. you're playing uh, a game with silverware dropping on the floor, but we're faster. <laughs> and my goodness, Web of Fire is super fast. It's so yep. like Spider-Man runs everywhere in this game. Oh, yeah. Um, when you so I, I was trying to do like a shin kick and every time you mm. squat and punch, he just punches straight down, which I thought was funny. <laughs> but uh, if you're running and attacking, he'll just do like a flying kick, which I thought was rad. Yeah, uh, this game definitely looks rotoscoped. It, um, it does. It looks in, incredible. Yeah, there's I love the title screen, too. Oh yeah, it looks great. It looks great. Uh and the music was actually really good for this. I always pick mm-hmm. on Sega music, early Sega music, but the music is actually pretty good on Web of Fire. Uh, so I thought that was great. This is definitely yeah, a standout well, title. Yeah, when they finally got away from that Genesis sound chip thing started mm-hmm. sounding pretty good. There you go. <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, "Well, you know, the 32X is this is how it works with <laughs> Sega." And I am sorry, okay? We have For that person you. For that person, I can lay it out right now. I don't care. <laughs> Web of Fire, though, it's a good one. I mean, if apparently it it's never been it's ported, as, as far as I Not know. Not as far as I know, no. Um, it should be. It's good. It should, it's, yeah. It's entertaining it's enough. Like, yeah, control issues aside, it's definitely worth taking a peek at. Yeah. Uh, so, Emu, you know, that's, the, that's the way you're going to get yeah. to it. Em- emulation. Um, <laughs> unless you actually have a 32X and can buy this game. And uh, it still works. Yeah, props to you if you can. <laughs> uh, next one up is also a fave. I think, like, you know, we're starting to get to the 3D environments. Uh, yeah. It feels like Maximum Carnage, Separation Anxiety, and Spider-Man the Animated Series were kind of like a send-off to 2D. Uh, Spider-Man, and now as we get into 3D Spider-Man, it just makes a little more sense for his move set. Um, so Spider-Man 2000, uh, again based on the animated series, uh, was for PlayStation One, N64, Dreamcast, PC, and the Game Boy Color. Uh, That's a but big I'm, one. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the PlayStation and N64. Uh, so. That's uh, who did that? Looks like Edge of Reality, right. Neversoft, maybe. Neversoft, Activision, that yeah, that whole group, yeah. And that it's good. I mean, it is like we said earlier. It's early 3D, product of its time. Mm-hmm. These all are, but I feel like he really stretches his legs here. I feel like the voice acting is nice. It pulls from the uh, from the animated series. Uh, you get the Stanley voiceovers, which is yep. is which is welcome. Uh, and it's got a ton of villains. I mean, Spider-Man has one of the best rogues galleries in comics. It's so he really does. seeing the villains is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it, it, I think part of, part of what helps is that Neversoft were the ones that had their hands in it because around that time, Neversoft could do no wrong. Remember they're the same, same team that put out, uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like they, were, they, they were on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. They were on top of the world at, uh, at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, and mentioning baddies, we got questions from the Kai's and Carrie 86. Carrie 86, what do you think about the antagonists? Uh, the Kai's, what are your favorite Spider-Man villains from the games? Are they the same ones you like 
from the comics, movies, or shows? Do you have a favorite? A, a favorite? Do you have <laughs> a favorite Spider-Man villain? <laughs> oh man! For me, my favorite Spider-Man villain is probably Scorpion. I just always ah, like the interesting. I always liked his designs, especially in the mid to late '90s when it was. Uh, it was like a cross between what Insomniac did and the old, uh, the old, just like green skin type thing with a tail. Right. There's like, like this, the backpack tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like around that time was, was when it seemed like they were, when they were, you know, trying to push a story of these aren't just people in weird suits. Like some guy wants to dress up as a rhino and live out his, you know, <laughs> his fetish by headbutting things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually this this program that these people have been put through. Right, right, right. So they had a little oomph behind their superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I always liked Doc Ock. I think Doc Ock was the best mm-hmm. part of the Insomniac game. Um as oh, far as absolutely. storytelling goes. Wait, we're not um, supposed to talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Pish pop. <laughs> uh, but um uh I've always really liked the chameleon. Uh, and that's because I read uh, when I, I was the younger chameleon too. I was oh, bro. Uh, <laughs> I read a comic. Stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were. In it. I just got it now. Like I just got, I was, he was in it. He voice acted in a game called the chameleon. Yeah. There it is. Uh, it's a web. It's a web. It comes back full circle. Uh, so, I read this, this single issue comic when I was a kid. Um, collecting comics in order of like the stories that were told as mm-hmm. a kid was impossible. So oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't go to like a comic shop. I just found comics randomly at like thrift stores. Yeah. Friends gave them to you. So you got the a tenth, store if you were lucky. Yeah. I mean, you got a 10th of a story sometimes and that's all you got. Mm. So I remember reading this, uh, this comic and somebody out there is going to know the context for this. And I'd love to know too. Um, but uh, Jameson is trapped in his uh, in his apartment, um, mm. handcuffed. I think to the bed even. Oof. Uh, <laughs> he seems the type. Yeah, by the chameleon who's impersonating Jameson, um, oh, yeah. and Jameson is having all of kind of these regrets about his, you know, f- the flashback of his life because he's in mortal danger, and right. a lot of the book. Uh, the the comic was kind of leading up to him getting out of the cuffs. So, you know, he's, he pops his knuckle and he gets out of the cuffs and, uh, and he's about to head to the door. He's crawling, you know, he's exhausted. His hands are bleeding and he crawls to the door and the chameleon's at the door, like coming back. He's like, Oh, I forgot my briefcase. And then, so he locks him in the closet instead. And that was the end of the issue. But the way that they, used to draw the chameleon with like a, just the plain white face, like featureless mm, yeah. I thought was really menacing and scary. Um, and I also feel like because he's not an action villain, he's not somebody that Spider-Man goes and has like a showdown with. He's more yeah. like, uh, you know, somebody that plays behind the scenes and stuff like that. I mm. liked that. So I wish that they would do more with the chameleon. Um, that would be good. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. So, uh, as far as if that's the same in in games, I can't even think of a chameleon appearance, honestly, no, in any of these. So nothing like that. Yeah. Um, but the Spider-Man, PlayStation One, and N64 games, I think those are great. Um, 
The final boss was like the carnage fused with Doc Ock. Is that right? Did you ever beat these? I never beat them. I played bits and pieces of them because this is where we're getting to the point where I didn't play much. This is where I've got a gap. Like I, I've I've played you know Spider Man one and two on the on the PS one, but that was like spending the weekend at my mom's house with my stepdad and us switching off. Ah, so, I guess you. I guess you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Not not me getting to sit down and, and yeah. actually take a crack at it. Well, I'm pretty sure that was the final boss on this. And you're being chased down a corridor by Carnage Doc Ock. Um, That's awful. Yeah, that's just like screaming like like in the background. Uh, So basically a Resident Evil boss. Oh, yeah. It was terrifying when I first played it. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a good one. and then as we kind of like move through the last bits of these, I'm actually fading out. So this is the last Spider-Man game that I really spent a lot of time with. I've never played the film adaptations. Um, so never played Spider-Man 1 and 2 in 2002 and 2004. Um, I did play Mysterio's Menace, which was on GBA, uh, which mm-hmm. also a GBA game that seems rotoscoped, uh, bizarre. <laughs> Um, but the level design was interesting. It was very fast paced as well for a GBA game. I thought Mm. Uh, it was pretty fun. Um, but, uh, I mean, ultimate Spider-Man I played and enjoyed. So at this point, you know, like you've played the, the film ones though, right? The PS2 Mm -hmm. games. Okay. Yeah. So maybe sing a bit. Well, I don't know. Would you sing their praises? Um, the first one, the first one is very similar in a sense to the original PS one game, you know, level based, not quite so much open world little bit. Um, the second one is what really kicked off what we think of as a Spider-Man game at this point, I would say, because Spider-Man two, um, the one based on the movie, I can't believe we have to have all of these qualifiers because there are so yeah. many Spider-Man twos. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, Spider-Man two, uh, was, really the first Spider-Man game that lets you roam the city. Cause in the first one you could be out and about, you know, here and there in the city. But if you fell below a certain point, you were dead. Mm. Like if you tried to go down a street level, you, you know, unless you were in a level already, you were basically done. Mm. Spider-Man two did away with that. And you know, that you've got all the little crimes and the main story and you can just freely swing through the city. And the mini map had, you know, height markers where it would show you how much higher or lower the thing was than you, like an actual visual representation, like a little 3d mini map. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know that a lot of people really enjoy those PS2 games. Uh, I think yeah. our own ABXY, uh, had said that uh, Spider-Man 2, was it for PS2, was his favorite. Mm-hmm. So there's that, definitely a lot of love there. Yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of people singing the praises of Spider-Man 2 on the PS2. With good reason, because it really became the mold, I would say, for you know future installments of your, your big Spidey games. Like uh, the one we're not supposed to talk about. And <laughs> <laughs> both, both amazing Spider-Man tie-in movies are similar uh in that sense Hmm. so yeah so uh it's sort of like the start of modern spider-man then seems like yeah it's it's easily you know the catalyst the prototype the forerunner 
you know, the forefather, whatever you want to call it, the granddaddy of what Spider-Man games would become. Mm. That's the one. That's the one. That's that's the DNA that now flows through a majority of Spider-Man games, I would say. And that certainly makes me want to check it out. It's worth uh, checking out. I don't know how much these are going for now, but I love PS2. I, I'd be down yeah, to check PS2 that out. Is, yeah. PS2 is the SNES of its era. Ooh, I like it. And that's coming from <laughs> so, and that's coming from someone who is a stalwart Xbox person. Oh, Xbox was Sega, man. <laughs> Xbox was yeah. Sega. When Sega that's quit, then why. they were like, Xbox rose from the ashes. That's probably why I like the Xbox as much because I was a I was big on Sega through the Saturn and Dreamcast years. Really, all the bagging on Sega that we done, all and, the and you, yep, you're a Sega all guy. The, wow. All the bashing on Sega that I've done over the years and Saturn <laughs> and Dreamcast were my babies. I it still comes stand from a place by, of love. <laughs> it, it does, except for the Genesis. Mm. I would throw that thing in the bathtub just to get rid of the sound chip. <laughs> Whether oh the bathtub is full of water or not is irrelevant. Somebody just stopped listening. And you know what? Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> Question here from Lone X. Would you want to see a reboot uh, regarding the 90s cartoon uh, with so many games and movies and series out since? Would it even be relevant? Would it make a difference? Uh, maybe a game or a reboot of the 90s cartoon. So I know uh, Ed Asner. Um, has passed away and he did Jameson. So you couldn't um, have exactly the same. Cast. And, yeah. Unless they got the actor from the movies. Right. Right. Um, shoot. Or, well, the, the Raimi movies. Let me. Oh clarify. yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked him. Gosh. What the heck was his name? Don't let me draw a blank on. Uh, I keep wanting to say it's like JJ Abrams. <laughs> no, the director. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no. freaking J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. That's right. He's got that initials way too. too long. Yeah, he's yeah. close. I love him. I love him as an actor in general. He was amazing yeah. in Whiplash. We can't remember his name, but he's awesome. So we can't remember his name, but we love him. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. I was just talking yeah. about J.K. Simmons because he was in Command and Conquer Three, uh, which we did really? our last episode on. Yeah, it was play the president. I think it was. Huh. His vice president was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) So uh, a closing statement kind of here to kind of close out that section there on the list. Uh, Chris BG 99. I'm glad companies are more out to make original stories rather than trying to fit them all into the framework of a movie or comic book story. And we kind of saw that a lot with uh, the retro scenes. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. like you didn't know anything that was going on. So maybe that adaptation connection was good. But at this point, I think games have come far enough to where they can fit enough into the game where they can tell their own unique original stories. I agree. And I would agree even more if I didn't skip every cutscene in every game that I played. <laughs> oh, one of I got to go fast, baby. <laughs> one of those people. I had a friend who was like, yeah, I just I don't listen to the dialogue. And then he's like, what am I supposed to do next? Zero out of ten, baby. Speaking of zeros, <laughs> um, this is not a zero related item spider-man or batman this is the big question right okay who's had the better games who's had the better games who's had the better games spider-man or batman overall okay i i stand by what i said and the best wall crawler on the nes is batman boom baby uh there it is abxy reviews asks who after spider-man and batman is the hero with the best games 
Wolverine. Wolverine? Without uh, a second thought, absolutely. He had the NES game, which I think I've played. Other than that, I, I can't say I've played any other one. Can't uh, say one, Superman. No, that poor. I feel bad for Superman. Yeah, like, I legitimately Superman. feel bad for Superman. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah Batman. Uh, no, Wolverine. As far as Wolverine goes, the NES game. Also an LJN game. And what I was talking about before, where some of the stuff is really good. Animation, really good. Really fluid. The graphics are beautiful. The gameplay is an absolute nightmare. Hmm. It's a fever dream. I guess if you could say like a group X-Men. X-Men have had pretty dang good games over the years. Yeah. Yeah, they've had some good games. His solo outings, though. X2 Wolverine's Revenge, which was a movie tie-in that had basically nothing to do with the movie. Hmm was fantastic it mixed stealth adventure you know action all kinds of cool stuff and then of course the x-men origins wolverine game that was based on the movie sort of there's a history there we're not going to go into but i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to say it was a tie-in for the movie um that game is amazing that's the wolverine game did they ever make a game for logan no. Like the movie now. No. Can't imagine they would. No, I think Activision had lost the rights by the time that came out. Oh. I could imagine I think... Naughty Dog making a uh, a Logan movie. They're just like, let's just make it as terrible uh, as possible. I think I mean terrible as like aren't depressing they? and annoying. Is it Naughty Dog that's making the new one? I think it is Naughty Dog. Oh gosh. There it is. Hey, as long as it holds up to the X-Men Origins game, we'll be fine. Because that game, that was Wolverine just let off the chain because you're in there you can you can cut people apart <laughs> oh it's insomniac wolverine a uh, marvel's oh, okay. wolverine is what they're doing so it's insomniac people loved uh marvel's spider-man for ps4 yep. so and miles um, morales i'm excited morales. yeah there it is i don't yeah. sound it i get paid to sound excited <laughs> so Even. on your off time you're like i don't need a sound <laughs> when i'm off the clock on voice acting it's really just very monotone i'm kind of like castiel from supernatural but buttery uh so spider-man spider-man or batman i'd say batman i mean i think batman had a stronger retro scene than Mm spider-man did just looking at them side by side spider-man had fewer games than batman as well um, but I think that Spider-Man and Batman are on equal footing in a modern setting. Uh, and oh, then Batman absolutely. just had the stronger, stronger opening in the retro setting. So yeah, Batman's got like a, an inverse bell curve of good games. Cause you know, like we mentioned before, NES Batman is fantastic. Then you've got, you know, Batman Returns and Batman Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah. And Batman Return of the Joker is only good on NES, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to be playing that on other systems, yeah. But then you've got, you know, like everything after the SNES up until, uh, what was it, the PS3, 360, when the Arkham games came out. Like everything in that that middle era, it's either okay or why did you put this into the world? <laughs> right, right, right. I see it's sad because even like games like Batman Beyond, uh, that you would expect yeah. like that would be a great game. And it's it's kind of really not. Um yeah, yeah. The Adventures of Batman and Robin, there's a couple of those based oh, on the God, cartoon. Those are so good. Um 
at Batman Forever. But there's mm. a couple of arcade games. But yeah, early retro Batman, the ones based on Batman 89. Wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. Some comic booky Batman ones. Then, yeah, yeah, like Batman Vengeance, Batman Dark Tomorrow, Batman Rise of Dark Sinsu. Tomorrow was the one that was in my mind. Oh, really? So I've never played <laughs> yeah. those. I didn't Don't. even know there was a Batman Begins <laughs> one. Yeah. That the Batman era, Begins one yeah. I've heard is pretty decent. Okay. I got to check that out. Someday. I haven't played it. In but then 20, there's three yeah. Lego Batman games that are fantastic. Like oh, yeah. super good. People are always like, all oh, the Arkham games. But like, have you played Lego Batman? Oh, my goodness. The Lego games are like consistently good. Right. They're not ambitious. No, at, they like, do what at they all, do and they do just, it well. Yeah, exactly. Have you played the Telltale series, Batman? No. Yeah, I think I, I have think. it like on Epic or something. Like I, I know I wound good. up with a copy of it. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. So but I've run into people who just want to be like, Insomniac Spider-Man is better, is so good that it's better than anything Batman's done. I'm like, mm. there's so much Arkham DNA in Insomniac's Spider-Man. <laughs> That, that's yeah. just kind of it, to to my brain, at least. It just kind of doesn't work as a as an argument. Yeah, but, yeah. So we've went through all of these games now, bro. All of these games. Uh, the yep. question is, who has played the most of them? So, how many of these games have you played? Uh, I have played twenty four of them, for better or worse. Which is a lot. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a lot of games. So that's I counted it I up thought. and I boosted my numbers by like eight recently, uh, <laughs> but I'm at 20. Um, and let's see if anybody beat us. So first of all, somebody beat us to zero shout out to space <laughs> oink who said space oink said they played zero spider retro Spider-Man games, which more power to you. Uh, Captain frugal <laughs> beat us at 29 total played. Nice. And Bridge Crew Dave, which I believe uh, had the highest total played at 33 retro Spider-Man games played. Wow. Dave is truly a web slinger. He, Dave is a true believer. <laughs> yeah, a true believer. Excelsior. Uh, my friends, <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening. If you want to ask a question or share a comment to get a mention on the show, then keep an eye out on my Twitter at the well read mage, where I announce the topics for each mage cast episode in advance. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Abzu, a very different kind of game than a lot of the games that we've really covered on this show, uh, except for maybe the first episode journey. Abzu is kind of like journey underwater, but it's good. I love it. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and that is going to be with Bill from A Gamer Looks at 40. So look forward to that. Final question here, though. Uh, the true question, that is, from Yemi the Ferret, who said, the one true question, Toby, Andrew, or Tom? Remember I said I was going to upset a lot of people? <laughs> I'm do still going to do it. Do it. Andrew. Andrew. And Gosh. I can defend it. Well, go ahead. I never liked Toby much. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a kid, having, you know, actual really good Spider-Man movies blew my mind. Because growing up, I had those crappy like Red Skull or the Fantastic Four that came out in like 1994 that were awful. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we had the Toby trilogy and I was like, oh, my God, it's awesome. It's Spider-Man. And looking back at it, I can't go back to them. And then. Amazing Spider-Man came out and I'm like, this guy 
is an okay Peter Parker, but he's a really funny Spider-Man and God, I hate the color of those eyes on his mask. I never understood that. <laughs> yeah. They're like the, like the uh, aviator glasses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Reflective. Yeah. And yeah. as for Tom, I adore Tom Holland. I think he's a fantastic human being and actor, but you know, I feel like every time he's Spider-Man in a movie, he puts on the suit and he gets the crap kicked out of him. And that's it. That's just And I feel like happen. that's it. And it's like one little thing happens and then it resolves. I think it's civil war is probably the one where he might've been the most effective, but I mean, that's, you know, fighting with your friends. They're not out yeah. to kill you. Wasn't even his movie. Usually. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so for me, I've not seen a Tom Holland movie. Um, those that know me well know I bounced off pretty <laughs> hard from the MCU one. I just couldn't keep up. And then the Whedonisms yeah. killed it early for me. Uh, seeing Age of Ultron in theaters, I was like, this movie sucks. Uh, oh, unfortunately, on, oh, no. it had Quicksilver. Oh, who ha- maybe has one of the most meaningless deaths in Dita, the entire was, franchise. Brother, <laughs> like, I was upset. Like, I remember and th- this is totally how Whedon would write, too. And I'm so glad he's not a part of this anymore. Uh <laughs> You want to talk about decent human beings. That is not one of them. But anyway, uh, Whedon, you know, would do things like his character just dies. And then Hawkeye kind of like exhaustedly lies back, like beside this man's corpse who just saved his life. And it's like, whoo, what a day. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like that's this man just like took several bullets or a bullet. I can't remember. I saw it a couple of times. Uh, and and that's it. So I the lack of the level of I think like weight. Humanity. Yeah, humanity, emotional weight. Yeah. I didn't want to say gravitas because I didn't want to be that guy, but you could I'll be, be that, that guy. guy. There you go. That'll make <laughs> me sound a little more pretentious. Um but yeah, <laughs> I'm here to like, help. I like family comedies as much as the next guy, but at a certain point I think the Marvel cinematic universe formula weird war on me. War hmm. on me. Um, that's not to say, and people will do this every time I say it, and I've said it to a lot of people. People will be like, well, dark and gritty isn't the only answer. I'm like, I'm sorry. There's not two kind of superhero movies you can make. Yeah, really. That's, Either yeah. dark and gritty or family comedy with weed and writing. Like with that's TV like the writing. most that's the most far removed thing you could say about the conversation. <laughs> right. It's just, I mean, like, I get it. It does not, it, it kind of sometimes comes down to DC versus Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's fanboyism on either sides, but just as films that entertain, I, I haven't seen, like I stopped at Dr. Strange uh, and loved it. So for me, it was Dr. Strange love. Um, And it was, it was beautiful. (laughs) A little film joke. for Dr. Strange was a lot of fun. Yeah. I thought it was, well, the thing is I thought it was unique for like an MCU film. And that's what was, that's what I liked about it. And then at that point, I was like, how many more of these are going to do? Like 40? I was like, I don't know. that I have, I'm going to live long enough to see the rest of these films. So <laughs> I just, yeah. And I don't watch that many movies in, in a year. I don't go yeah. to the movies that often anymore, especially now that we've moved. I've got two kids. Like, I'm not going to take them to go see all these movies. The four-year-old right. is just going to, like, be screaming the whole time. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 and that's that. I, it's not there like I've go. even seen all the DC movies. I haven't because Snyder killed that for me too. So <laughs> on the one hand, Whedon, you killed it. On the other hand, Snyder, you killed it. 
So all that to say, I haven't seen Tom Holland Spider-Man. Uh, mm. I did see both of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans um, and really <laughs> hated. I really hated Amazing Spider-Man 2, bro. That yeah, movie, that one. Oh, my goodness. Not, not, not good. That was the one I was talking about. The inside joke was the best thing that came from that. Oh, what was the inside joke? Did you say it already? Um, no, <laughs> no, but it's an inside joke. So yeah, no I mean, I don't, I don't mind explaining it cause it's just so off the wall. Yeah. Um, in killing floor two, there's one of the levels that has these blue electric portals and it's a similar effect to what Jamie Foxx had when he was electro in that movie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you can probably tell where this is going. So that turned into Jamie Foxx's electric butthole. <laughs> and I'm not changing yeah. it to keep it family friendly for the thing. That's yeah, just yeah. what we wound That's up calling it, it. Yeah. <laughs> and it there made you go. me the worst version <laughs> of Electro. I mean, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I, they tried to do like a, and somebody at some point, I'm not saying Jamie Foxx is like a terrible actor or anything, but no, somebody at some point needed to rein it in and be like, Hey, you don't have to act like Chris Reeve right now. Like you're not playing Clark <laughs> Kent. Just play a regular guy without being like, oh, I'm so sorry, like spilling coffee all over people. But then when he <laughs> turned into Electro, it was oh, so yeah. over the top. It's so much to just be like, you look like the Dr. Manhattan, except I can see all your veins, which yeah. is not sort of, you know, what you'd think for Electro. Uh, yeah. I was really hoping to see the hokey green and yellow tights with the. Electricity Dude, that would have been mask. awesome. Been apparently, really- there's apparently there's some of that in uh, No Way Home. I haven't seen that one yet. I want okay. to. Right, that's the multiverse one, right? Now, yeah. Everybody if it makes you feel better, because like, really, Red has already said that he's not big on the MCU. I'm the polar opposite. I love the MCU movies. Yeah. Except, <laughs> I, I will grant you these ones: Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. See, now I thought I haven't I, seen the second one. I thought the first one was enjoyable enough and elevated what is essentially like Z tier heroes to like no, <laughs> to yeah. notability because like who the heck cares about Guardians of the Galaxy? And they did what I think needed to happen and that they grounded it with some pop culture. So people were like, hey, I know that song. So therefore, yeah. I like this movie. But it's not exactly my favorite in the MCU either. Yeah. Yeah, I I got about twenty minutes into the second one. And uh-huh. I looked at my girlfriend and I'm like, "Does anything important happen in this movie?" And she, within like t- ten seconds, she summed up. She's like, "Oh well, this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Yeah, screw this next it's movie." A, it's a commercial. <laughs> it's a commercial for the next movie. Because that's the problem with building a cinematic universe is you're leading up to these big events, but then you've got to have time for laying out all those those you know train tracks so anyway mcu yeah. at some point we'll have to have <laughs> a, a deeper talk on the mcu could, yeah the state we, we of just superheroes we just film. swung all around today didn't yeah, we? yeah we did we did uh but <laughs> so that's andrew i think toby i think the first spider-man movie um for me is is about as good as it gets it's standalone it's an origin story it's told it's done it's fine it's not Spider-Man 2, which people are like, Spider-Man 2 is art. I'm sorry. Spider-Man 2 is a soap opera where people cry too much. And I get that like there's there's like, well, you can you can have, you know, a superhero movie that's drama. And it's like, yeah, but if I'm going to see a movie called Spider-Man, I want to see Spider-Man in it. 
I don't want to yeah. see like some guy crying because he breaks up with the same girl five times in the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> and at a certain point, it's just like, oh my goodness, enough. You get like, and it's Dr. Octopus was probably expensive. So maybe that's oh, why yeah. he's only in like two scenes in the whole movie. Uh, the the hokey stuff with like, oh, his tentacles are talking to him. Stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. That so, was weird too. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Spider-Man 2 at all. Uh, and I typically love Dr. Octopus, but not that one. Uh, Spider-Man yeah. 3, of course, stray in the trash. Uh, not, a, not a great film. That one's a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> and that's fine. Can't imagine why. And that's fine. Guilty pleasure is an admission that this is a guilty pleasure. That's totally yeah. legit. Um, but as far as like standalone, this is a single tone, uh, Spider-Man one. I love it. And I think Toby mm. was a decent, uh, Peter Parker and his, his, his Spider-Man comes off as contrived everyone. You know, you're the one that's mm. out of your mind. Gobby, you know, and it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like, uh, maybe do a second take, but <laughs> There so, is one line from that movie that I love, and it's when he's rescuing uh, Jameson when the Green Goblin's going after him. Uh-huh. Jameson starts yelling at Spider-Man. He just webs him in the mouth, and he's like, you be quiet. Mommy and Daddy are talking. Yeah, which is good. I mean, that's, that's good. I feel like you've got a decent Spider-Man movie in the first Tobey movie. Plus, it's got that yeah. great Nickelback song. And they say that a hero can save us. I'm not gonna stand here waiting. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, with the Nickelback reference, we close out what is a podcast reviewing some of the, yeah, some of the less the less uh, savory elements of Spider-Man history. He tried. He tried. Yeah, Nickelback did, and so did Spider-Man. But Voxy. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You. It's always a pleasure to be here. I always have fun when we get to sit down and just talk about random whatever it is. <laughs> it was fun. It was. Well, where can our listeners find you? What should they look for? Uh, the best place to find me at any given time is usually Twitter because I used to stream, but I kind of haven't. The whole desk situation. And that would put a damper on us. Oh, you should do floor streams. You should pioneer floor streams. I will point a camera at the rug. (laughs) (laughs) But most places, uh, the best place you can find me is uh, Twitter, at VoxGeyser. And primarily what I'm working on right now is working with Merlino Games on Undetected. Yes. Looking forward to that. There There it is. Yeah, the best, uh, you know, that that his Discord is another one of the best ways to find me because I'm in there constantly. I got to keep an eye on everybody. Yeah, random all up. <laughs> he, made, he made me an admin a while back, so. Ah, <laughs> like, herding no, cats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah, actually. That's but uh, working, working with him on his current game, Undetected. Awesome. Well, Vox, we'll talk to you again sometime. Take care. Absolutely. And listeners... Thanks for being here. You're all cherished, cherished members of this community. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Excelsior. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. It's my express desire that through explorative conversation, we come to appreciate this art form we call gaming that much more. Why not check out another episode? You may find we've talked about one of your favorite games. How about joining our Discord community? Check out the link in the description. 
You can find me, again, on Twitter or Twitch at The Well Read Mage. Don't forget to leave a review or rating on your favorite app of choice. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. <laughs>